Motorcycle Man. Hello, boys and girls. This is the Motorcycle Man, episode number 59, coming to you from the V-Twin Cafe here in the corner booth. I am Ted. Wrong way. And I am here with Tim. Buck two. And, of course, Chris, the Joker. Hello. Say hello, Chris. Hello. <laughs> Can't talk eating. I'm eating Almond Joy. Yeah. I mean, Reese's. How's my brothers doing today? I R B O K. Another lovely week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful day today. Yeah, beautiful. And here we are. Day. Here we are on election day. Mid sixties today. I was riding around today. Yeah, I did. I've been riding practically every day, with the exception of the Saturday and Sunday. I didn't ride, but it was cold last night. I was riding last night. Ah, thirty-eight degrees, and then so I, what? I looked. He at the doesn't chart. have the uh, finger. Guards, hand oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're you're, you're so Ill- I don't, yeah. Cold. I don't have a shield or finger. Yeah, you're ill-equipped. Mm-hmm. And but you're right. You got no heat. He's got you. No heated grips. No, no heated grips. No heated seat. We'll talk about that. We're gonna get into some winter riding stuff cool. a later. Um, so here we are, election day in the in the U.S. of A. And we're trying to elect a new pinhead to take control of the most powerful nation on the planet. So. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're a writer, it all means nothing to you. It means nothing. It means absolutely nothing to our worldwide friends who are listening to this podcast and going, "We don't give a crap." And uh, actually, well, we we don't give a crap either. I guess I, I don't really care. Doesn't matter. Let's not talk re- re- Well, regardless of what happens tonight, when it's all said and done, tomorrow I still have to go to work. I have to take the garbage out. I got to feed the dogs and the cats. Yep. And you know, I got family. Yep. And I, mm-hmm. that, that doesn't change. Nope. So doesn't matter. All right. Tim, and Tim will still have a big bowl of candy. And Tim will still have a big bowl of candy here on the table for us to eat <laughs> and just run our sugar level. We're going to get all sugared up tonight. That's our plan. We're, well, who the fuck puts an empty raptor back in the bowl, you prick? <laughs> Don't put empty wrappers back in the fucking bowl. You take the candy out, you're done. <laughs> you put an empty wrapper back in there, we wow. will kill you. I told wow. you I'm evil. You are, you are evil. Don't put. <laughs> I like to build up hope and then smash it. <laughs> you are a douche with a capital prick. Wow. <laughs> All right. Where was I? I was I like, eat my Reese's and shut the fuck up. We are G-rated today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Patreon, which I'm going to give up on. <laughs> I don't know. Dollar episode, dollar per uh, per month, and we'll when we have crap, we'll give you crap. That's just about it. But we don't have anything to give anybody. We got no T-shirts, no stickers. Actually, I see one sticker right here. We got mm-hmm. two. We got two stickers. Yes. One. We got one sticker. We got one sticker left, and a bunch of business cards. We'll send you a business card. <laughs> you send us a dollar a month or a dollar per episode. We'll send you a business card, and when we get T-shirts and stickers and and um, motorcycle men jeeps. We'll give a Jeep to everybody. Wow. No. Ted's loaded. No, not quite. Yeah, loaded, right. Sure. So anyway, so the link to our Patreon thing is on MotorcycleMen.us on the homepage. Very good. All right. Okay. Audible.com gets your free 30-day free trial. Okay. And your book download. Okay. Um, Audible.com, MotorcycleMen, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I haven't listened to an audio book in so long. Because when you're unemployed... 
You just don't. But I'm, I'm not, working. But I'm working now. And is that going well? It's going really well. I don't have time. I listen to podcasts now. I'm finally I'm catch, catching up. Uh, pushpin travel maps. Get your travel. You track your travels with custom pushpins, and custom. travel custom pushpin travel maps, and put it on display in your home and share with your friends. So, and the link to that is on our on our website, along with a bunch of other shit. Very cool. So, who's been riding? I haven't Me. ridden at all. You've been riding a lot, Chris, huh? Trying to. Yeah. He rides locally. I gave up when it was Sunday. <laughs> yeah, it was cold. It got chilly all the time. I took a ride out and do watch and stuff like that. Went around and then I was like, hurry, I'm done. <laughs> and I came back here and watched football with him. <laughs> How far did you go? I did like 25 miles. I'm small. Yeah? Yeah. And Tim, you've been riding a lot, I see. No. <laughs> Have I've you been s- getting home so late. Like, I'm getting home from work at like 7.30 <laughs> Like that's ridiculous. have you been, have you started your bike at all? Yeah, I started yeah. On Sunday. I started it in the morning. So what you're saying is that the the installation of River that you put on your phone, yes, is pretty much useless right now. At this, at this moment, at this moment, I could use it to go to work, but I won't be. Have you have you been riding to work? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> well, why? Uh, well, uh, you know, is is it is you it ride because, today? No, it was, like was, was thirty five in the morning. So. What do you mean, so? I, I rode to work. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I have... Oh, oh, wait. Listen. In the, in that whopping mile that you have to get to work... It's not the point. You can mean to tell me that you point. can tolerate that... No, it's not, not the point. I don't know what time I'm getting home at night. Oh, oh, oh. That's, that's my problem. Oh, that's the issue. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, come home at lunchtime, then. I don't have a lunchtime like you. Oh, well, all right. <laughs> You've been riding to work, Chris? Oh, wait, that's right. You know what I mean? <laughs> How's that going? It's still looking. Still looking? I don't have to tell you. All right. <laughs> the fuck are we talking about that on a podcast? I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what the fuck? fuck? I, so, you, so are you... Now, are you, are you... I see that... Are you using Rever? Yeah, I use Rever. I go back and forth, to be honest with you. Between Rever and Matt Myrad? Yep. Yeah, okay. Because I did get, did get an off- Rever's no good. I like, I like Rever. It's doing a good job. It has a crash on there, another, uh, like a, another one. And... Uh, it's good. Uh, I see some things I like about it, and uh, Matt, my ride does this, some things that I like about it as well. Yeah. So you, between the two, if you had to choose right now, hands down, you pick one. One stupid little feature, because when I post the stuff on Facebook, yeah, um, Matt, my ride po- posts it with the map. Oh, it does. Uh-huh. Rever does this thing. They have to change this. Rever does this thing where it puts, like, I, I posted a ride through Rever on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And then what shows up on Facebook is, like, a link thing that you click on, and it goes to Rever. And then it, <laughs> it, it just pulls up. It pulls up something. We run sound effects. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it pulls up, like, I don't like the way it so, but so like, ma- many, It makes it too complicated. Too so many steps. I right. just want to show, pe- you know, showing my ride I did. My, my ride automatically just chucks the map right up on Facebook yeah, with but, a link. Rever, you click on a link, then you got to go to the link, and then you got to click. Blah, 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 blah. It was like, too right, many steps. Too many fucking steps. Okay. All right. Well, I, many, I will let. Period. I will let Latchy. Latchy is his name at uh, Rever. I'll let them know. I'm sure they'll listen, you know. But, you know, th- because I know that that's a pretty cool feature, though, that Matt Marride does that. So like when they see it that you shows you the map. So they when they see that you went from your house to crossroads and back, yeah. they go, What a ride that must have been. Hmm. 
<laughs> Don't forget the big rides that I do. Now, you do the big rides, yes. That's what I'm talking about. Those are the ones I post. I'm doing a big ride on Sunday. You want to join me? Where are you going? Well, the Polar Bear Club, which is part of the Hog Group by me, riding from uh, Harley Davidson, Northern County, up here to Bridgewater via all the back roads of New Jersey. Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. Nice. And so what's in Bridgewater? A place called the Eagles Club. It's somewhere in Bridgewater. So it has nothing to do with polar bears? Mm, no, they the, call it the polar bear ride because it's going to be freaking cold and everybody rides. Mm-hmm, 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 I get it, mm-hmm, I get it. Mm-hmm, I get it, I get it. I'm going to do it. So, there's a ride. There's a, I'm trying to find the information I was just told about. You do I that. I don't even know. There's a Veterans Day ride from... Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Friday is Veterans Day. And yep. it's from uh, the Connecticut. Yes, Ted, thank you for your service. Thank you. Yes, thank you for your service. Thank you. It's also Deb's birthday. And tomorrow's your son's birthday. Yes. He is 21. 21. 21-year-old cop to be. Yes, and he's being taken out by his... Uh, when you captain. say taken out, what do you mean by taken out? <laughs> taken out... Uh, uh, taking out, going out. Yes, okay. he's going out with his uh, cop buddies. Oh, he is? Yes. I'm so he's going to come home puking and all that Saturday He's morning. not much of a drinker, though. He might be. No, <laughs> This is the, he likes these things, and that's about it. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah I think if you drink about 13 or 14 of those, you might get a little lip. Apple Orchard? Is that what that is? Uh, what's Friday's date? The 11th. Angry Orchard. Angry Orchard. I'm drinking I'm drinking a Coke. Tim's drinking an Angry Orchard. And Chris hit the hard stuff today. He's got a, a bottle of water. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. So, with how many presidents do you think rode motorcycles? Presidents rode motorcycles. I'm going to say two. Chris, what do you say? I'm going to say zero. Chris would be closer. Zero. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yes. Only one. Only one ever actually rode a motorcycle. But was he a rider or he just happened to get filmed? Well, Jimmy Carter had a license and he rode before he got into politics. Once he got into politics, he stopped riding. Okay. Really? George Bush... He rode a motorcycle, but he was only allowed to ride the length of a tractor trailer before the Secret Service said, okay, that's enough, get off. And here's the thing. He rode inside the tractor trailer. <laughs> right here. Through the motorcycle, Though the motorcycle accompanied George Bush wherever he went. Okay, they did a um, uh, Jack Nichols a signature series Desperado motorcycle. was specially built um, for uh, George Bush. He autographed the bike. Uh, now, which Bush are we talking about? Uh, George W. Bush. Okay, he went. He went. He had this motorcycle built in 2004 for his re-election campaign by uh, Jeff Nicholas, uh, who owns Desperado Motorcycles in Houston. And he, uh, he the bike was displayed in Sturgis. Uh, it was all chromed out, and it, George and um, what was his wife's name? I forget. <laughs> Laura Bush. Laura Bush. George and Laura Bush signed it. Okay, and. This bike on this campaign tour, when you're trying to get him reelected, he brought a bike everywhere with him, and he only rode it once, and that was inside the bike's tractor trailer. It says, yeah, he just rode it the length of the trailer, and that's all the Secret Service would let him do. Okay. Why would that be? I don't know, because they were worried about security and all that crap like that. I guess they can't know yeah. he's I, I guess. Governor Ann Richards of Texas was the first motorcycle license when she was 60, so she rode at... Uh, uh, the folks at Harley Davidson heard about that and gave her a motorcycle for her birthday. So, but um, you have you know 
governors have been motorcycle enthusiasts. Arnold um, Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mike Pence, also. We have uh, the um, vice president to be, maybe, we'll see, we don't know, of Indiana. He was a motorcycle enthusiast. But that was it. Nobody else. Hmm. That's interesting. Bill Clinton autographed the Harley. It has nothing to do with anything. Has nothing to do with it. <laughs> but that's, that's that's what you have. That's what we what we need in office is a motorcycle guy. <laughs> we need. Yeah, but you know what? He could never ride if he was a president ever. Ever. I don't right. know. No. He could mm-hmm. never ride. Never. That's never. True. Unless he's surrounded by police, uh, and they all ride under a bulletproof bubble. Because he'd get fu- he'd f- fucking killed. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Some psychopaths. But I tell you what, when you show up to vote, did you show up to vote on your motorcycle? Today yeah. you did. Did you get? The, well, you were the only one there. I was the only one there. When I showed up, the place is mobbed, and I pull up. Everybody else also pulling up in their SUVs and whatever. And I pull up on a motorcycle, and I park because we're a motorcycle. We can park anywhere we freaking want. And I did. Right? I pulled right up. The door. I pulled right up to the freaking door, <laughs> and I pull up. And people look at you differently <laughs> when you pull up on a motorcycle. And I, they, it's like they're like, "Oh, trouble's here." What goes on in today's world, too, is because when you pulled up on a motorcycle, right off the bat, you're going to get the, the judgments. They'll probably go, oh, he's probably going to vote for this guy. That's exactly what happens. Like, you know, I, I, made, they, I don't know. I will tell you what, I will say this, though. They assumptions about old bikers that this is what you're going to vote for. They, you know. I may be, because I walked into the voting place, and naturally all heads swung around, and it's like you could hear a pin drop. It's sort of like that Desperado thing where, like, yeah, the the guy walks into the into the uh, into the, the saloon and the doors go and everybody turns around. They drops their drinks. And they they kind of look at you. And they're like, "Is he gonna he's gonna shoot somebody? What's, what's going on here?" And then then you, then you order a milk and, and everybody should have walked in there. And go, I'm gonna grab everybody by the <laughs> pussy. <laughs> Great. Yeah. I'm going to shut these doors and fondles everybody. Yeah, I just started <laughs> pussy. Left and right. You know what's funny, though? Because after I got off my bike and there was people walking out of the place, and I was like, everybody gave me this wide berth. It's like people like were walking around. <laughs> it's a wave. I don't like it's creating a wake. I don't like, I don't like thinking like that. And I took around, and everybody like closed in after they went around me. I don't like, do I smell or something? Or are they just are afraid of me because I'm wearing all leather from head to foot? And I don't know. You know. Do you have your chaps on? Yeah, I chapped there my leather go. jacket and the whole thing, and you know, I did take my helmet did off. Did you have your spurs on? Change. You know, that would have been so good. I should have did that. Oh, that would have been so funny. Change. Uh, so Woody, as you know, Woody, where's Woody? Woody's going around. Where's He's a, Woody? Dad? Woody is in a town called Lincolnshire, UK. Nice. Kind of like halfway up to Scotland. Any pictures? Would have been so great. If you yes, could. I got pictures. I've got pictures, and it's somebody funny. Somebody could have uh, strapped on a... Uh, a strap-on? <laughs> a strap-on to him, yeah. And a, uh, a GoPro. <laughs> oh, yeah, right? Uh, yeah, GoPro he's... Uh, Woody's Woody's Travels. Uh, this comes from Andy. Uh, Andy Brighton over in... Um, he's he's over in... Uh, what's it, what did I say it was? <laughs> Woody riding a bike. <laughs> oh, my God. There's so, so great pictures in here. Uh, I was cracking up. Um yeah, he's uh this this bike right here is actually uh that bike is it's actually That's cool looking. That was from that was from Del Boy's garage. Dell custom made that bike and he just did all kinds of custom work to it. Well, and I he did. it's called the General. The bike is uh, bike's name is called Ge- the General. Well, and this guy bought the bike off of Dell and he's riding all over the place with it now. Wow. And um it looks pretty stealthy. Uh what he travels. Uh let's see if we can got some more. We got more and more pictures. Here we go. Yeah, sure, we got 12 pictures. Here we go. 
All right. Good pictures so far. I like all the sex. Okay. Bite me, okay? Here, look. See? So he stopped. Woody stopped at a bar. What's on at Woody's? <laughs> it's a place called Woody's Bar. And uh, there he is on the handlebars. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post all these pictures on the website. And uh, like watch on. It kind of does. It's really, this is over in the UK. It's really cool. It'll be fun if it's all this is being done around. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, yeah, right. all, it's all around the it's block. Not, it's not really there. He's, he's, he's really not overseas. He's actually just right in our backyard. Um, come on. Load the pictures. Load the pictures. Here we go. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. And this one here, this right here, this is pretty interesting. This is a, a malt factory that was in production through the late 1800s through 19, the 1990s. It's a malt factory. The Bass Maltings in uh, Sleaford, Lincolnshire, owned by the Bass Brewing Company, now disused since the 1990s. Wow. Um, I'm a little wrong. You have to, to Wikipedia will tell you all about it. But that's, that's, where, that's where Woody stopped in just to check that place out. As you can see, it's all fenced off. And there's Woody up close, and there's even Woody closer. These pictures <laughs> will be on the website, right? These will be on the website, yeah. So uh, that's from Andy Brighton. And, Thank uh, you, Andy. Awesome. Yeah, yeah it's really some cool. good stuff. And uh, now we also got some uh, pictures from uh, <laughs> well, Dave Goodhead uh, sent us some pictures. I, th- I don't know if I showed you these. I think I did. Yeah, he was at the Harley dealer. Yeah. <laughs> he was at the, was at the, at the Harley dealer. Uh, over in, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot. Of, I tell you what, I'm really, really happy with the way people are like really responding to this. And uh, he, he's, he's, <laughs> I like his friend. He's hanging out. With. Yeah, so so cool. You know, he got sunglasses on. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I put I, I made I made sunglasses for Woody so that everybody. Can see, you, know? you know, I'm really I'm really happy that everybody's like getting involved in this and, and people want to you know be a part of this like goofy little stunt that we're pulling here. Um, but it's a lot of fun. You know, so. And here he cool. is sitting on a, a heritage soft tail. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> he's the, is that the but, newer heritage? Yeah, yeah, that's the 2017. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, that's where that's where Woody's at right now, and there's a, we're trying to figure out where he's going to go next. But uh, Andy did send me an, another email uh, that said that he's going to be passing them off to. Um, geez, where did he say somebody he else? Yeah, he's going to be passing them off to somebody else. Uh, I can't remember now. I have to find it. Anyway, so uh, yeah, he's so we're going to have him do. <laughs> And it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's going really well. Pretty cool. That's yeah. awesome. That's, uh, we got... Okay, we do that. And let's get back to our schedule. Uh, got a couple emails. Andy from Lincolnshire says, Just a short note to confirm that Woody is currently crashing at our place in mid-Lincolnshire, UK. There's nothing much to see here, but we will do our best to show him a couple of things of interest over the next couple of days, then send him on his way. Nice. Uh, this one comes from uh, Alan in Ithaca, New York. He says, my name is Alan. I live outside Ithaca, New York. I ride a red 05 Suzuki DL650 V-Strom. I like the V-Strom. V-Strom, yes. I like the V-Strom. I'm a relatively new listener. I'm working on getting caught up on your older podcast. I enjoy your antics and topics each week, but I have to agree with Liza from the Motorcycles and Misfits uh, podcast on those damn sound effects. They gotta go. Sorry, Alan. They're here to stay. In fact, just for this episode, for you, we're going to increase them greatly. At the moment, I'm in about third way through the Ketchup Bobbers and Deb episode, but just to just had to drop you a line about the Yushuaya. It says that's pronounced Yushuaya. 
That hurts. If you're going to be riders, you need to know that it's the southernmost town on earth at the southern tip of Argentina. It's a very popular destination for motorcyclists, but getting there is arduous. Even so, that trip has been successfully made by just about any motorcycle you can think of, from mopeds to touring bikes and everything in between. CB750 in good running order should have no problems other than fuel starvation going over the Andes. Now, is that some dude named Andy or just a bunch of dudes named Andy? Or is it actually a mountain range? (laughs) My riding season is pretty much done for the year, knee surgery. But next summer, I'm hoping to catch your band playing at some point and say hello. I don't know if you've ever heard of Adventure Rider Radio Podcast or its sister show, ARR Raw, but I highly recommend you get them Now we have, and we will check it out. Yes, just for the travel. All right, well, thank you very much, uh, Alan. Thanks for uh, Thank you, Alan. Um, Keep up the good work, Jensen. uh, Keep the shiny side up. And we will do that. And get, remember last week I was talking about the uh, the Triumph Bobber that was coming out? Well, yeah. guess what? BMW's on the bandwagon now, and they're getting ready to unveil oh, the R9T Bobber. The R9T Bobber, they're going to release that at ICMA, which is in Milan, which is the uh, that uh, big show Here's that they have the over picture. there. There it is. Do we okay. all have to do wheelies? I think that might be a <laughs> you got a better picture than that? Come on. Uh, you got to you gotta fucking... Make you want to smack. It looks small. Though, it, it? There we go. No, that's that's the R5 homage that I talked about last week. But there, that's the Triumph Bobber. Right. But this is the best picture that they're able to offer us right there. That looks very tiny. Yeah. It does. looks very wow. tiny. Yeah. I don't know. It's the 9RT Classic. You know, it's a, it's a yeah, Roland the Sands mod. design. Mute the volume. I will mute the volume because we don't care. Mute. Okay, it's called mute. <laughs> do that. So anyway, but that's what they're, so they got on a bandwagon and they're going to release that. Uh, they're going to. It's not horrible looking. It's no, very it's, tiny. It's a it's, it's, it's a bobber. You're not carrying anybody on it, which is okay. This is what which is what uh, would. Yeah, I like Triumph better. Triumph, I would own. Yeah, so there I you would have go it. Buy Triumph. And uh, Polaris, by the way, reported a nearly twenty percent sales drop third quarter. Wow! No surprise there. Yeah, that's because apparently their uh, one of the, their side by sides had a problem where it kept well blowing up. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, they have a side by side that had a problem. It's like fourteen incidents of where this side by side caught fire, and in fact, uh, like fourteen, like a bunch of some people got injured, and one person died from their burns. Really? Yeah. Wow! So needless to say, that has hurt Polaris with their say. sales. All right. And Victory, yeah, a big fuck up. It is. It's major. <laughs> Victory is having their Operation Octane custom bike build project, similar to what Harley was doing with I the set with, re- with re- the street. Reading on that. Yeah, and now the, this is where the Victory dealers around the world are competing to build the best Octane. And voters have the chance to win an Octane. octane. They look like bobbers. And, well, I'll tell you what. If you go to the Victory website and uh Click on enter the contest thing like this. You can vote. You can vote on uh, on the ones that have already been built. There's some pretty cool ones. You vote on it, and then th- so that you can enter every Gotta day. Got to go to the Victory website. Do I have to now? I know. Do we have to go to the Victory website? Is that what yeah, you're yeah. You have to go to the Victory I website to, and I, vote. I posted the link on Facebook. No. You go to the Victory website and you vote, and then boom, there you go. The, vi- the bikes are pretty sharp. They're real. Oh man, some of these guys they built what they've done. They're, all, they're really like pretty cool much bobbers. But they're badass looking. Some of them, uh, a couple of the guys made them look like cafe racers. And some guys, all they did was, uh, to me, what it looked like, they just changed the pipes and put on apes. That was it. And, Probably. Uh, very un, very uninspiring. And, you know, it's funny because I was listening to the Loud Pipes guys. And they were talking about this. And, you know, Rich had asked what their opinion was was of the of the Octane. And it got, it was like, eh, man, it's all right. <laughs> so 
as we called it the the ho ho hum bike when we first talked about it. <laughs> because and that's pretty much been the same. Yeah, you know, even uh, Kevin and uh, Larry over at uh, uh, the Throttle Podcast even talked about it the same mm-hmm. way. So, but there you have it. So that's what that and the the winners will be announced on November twenty second, and somebody's going to win an Octane. You know, there you go. Very cool. Yeah, we're going to have a really cool guy call in here very momentarily, and as soon as that happens, we're going to we're going to get into it with him. Anyway, but we're going to also going to talk about some. Um, we got the IMS show coming up. Right. Did you guys sign up no, yet? No, I did What the hell? I, keep, I haven't been home. Um, you haven't called? been home. The IMS show. What's about? <laughs> <laughs> right. When is that? Well, you know. Is that next week? Sometime. Hello, Phil. Phil. Hey, guys. What's going on? Pretty good. What's up, Phil? Uh, say hello to Chris. Hello. hello Chris. Uh, we need to turn you up. Yeah, we're going to turn him up. Can you turn, turn me up? Yep. All right. I can, I can see if I can turn this up on my end, too. Okay. Right. We're not going to... You're walking around the house and you're making me dizzy. <laughs> Don't look at him. Don't look at him. <laughs> I'm gonna have to, but we got you on the big screen so so everybody can see you now. We're, we're actually in. What's that? Fantastic. That's exactly what we need for an audio podcaster. <laughs> well, this is only so my brothers can. Well, this is only so my brothers can see your ugly mug too. <laughs> wow! Wow! And you can see my see. A, we don't have a camera going back at you, so I can't see what you look like. Oh, you can't see me. No, no, I, I've only got one way here. I'm just looking at myself. Oh, okay. All right. Well, there you go. Well, well, well trust me, we're far uglier. Okay. <laughs> What's this wee shit? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Put yourself in that, man. Hey, wait, no, come on. I'm a fucking diva. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus A Christ. motorcycle diva. <laughs> Great. All right, so here we're coming to us live. I guess it's live. Yes, it's it's. I like to use the term zombie. Zombie. It was live live once, and then it's dead, and then it comes back when you publish it. So there you go. All right, okay. From the mythical land known as Cleveland, our very own Phil Waters from the uh, Cleveland Moto Podcast, as well as Cleveland Moto Place, where you buy stuff. Very right, good. Exactly. Hello, Phil. Welcome Hello, to the Motorcycle Phil. Men. Yeah, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate uh, reaching out to us. And the idea is great, you know, getting all the other podcast people involved. Uh, it's really cool. They, you know, I try to stop out and visit the Santa Cruz uh, motorcycles and idiots. I mean, misfits. <laughs> <and> motorcycles. <laughs> See, now you say that because you know that Liza is listening. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we end our show when we record. We end our show as annoying as possible, just because we know she's listening. Oh, great! So, yeah, it's a guaranteed. Uh, it's a big up for us just knowing that she's racing for the button to shut off the end of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you really want to uh, want to annoy her, watch yeah. this. Look at this. She loves sound. Ta da! See now, now you can see me. How's that? Look at that. Oh yeah, there. All it's right. just a blue screen of death right now. Okay. Well, You're, if you really... your logo. Your logo looks great. Oh, there you <laughs> are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you are. Okay. Yeah. If you really want to annoy Liza, add sound effects to your show. Yep. Uh, one, of our jer- one of our guys tried to sneak that into our last podcast. So when we were recording on Friday night, one of our guys brought in a little sound box app on his uh, phone. Oh, yes. And had a bunch of shit keyed up. Oh, that was and- on uh, 137. Cause yeah, I, I, well, <laughs> did it drop? That's good. Yeah, because I, yeah, I, I heard it. I was listening to it today. Yeah, as long as... Because like, we try to say that most of our podcasts are barrel-aged. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nothing ever goes out fresh. 
And uh, yeah, this is a prime, like, that's exactly, when Dustin drops a podcast, um, we usually look for the groundhog to see his shadow. <laughs> All right. Well, well, uh, let's let's get his. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, and, you know, just you can skip the period between first beer and, and oh yeah, yeah diapers. Yeah. The, right. the uh the big part about my motorcycle. I grew up around motorcycles, so there are bikes around me all the time. Uncles, cousins, friends, dads, friends from work. A blue, you know, blue collar upbringing, Cleveland, Ohio. You get a lot of big V twins and stuff around the house. Nice. And the uh, so I've always been around them. When I got to Germany, nineteen eighty seven. I got my first, I got my first BMW, 1969 BMW R69 US. Uh, so that was my first bike. Wow! And that's uh, telescopic, telescopic forks. And we talked about that in the pocket. It wasn't a collectible bike back then. In 1987, that was just an 18 year old piece of shit. <laughs> it was not a collectible motorcycle by any standard. And now it's not. Right. And the guys that I, the guys that I was riding with. Uh, my lieutenant had a 1984 Honda Magna, V45 Magna, and one of my friends then bought a bike at the PX, which was a 87 Ninja 250, that I think he got to some kind of great deal, like 19.999% interest. <laughs> because in the, uh, Back in the when, 80s, that was great. Yeah, that was great. And when you're in the Army, they know you've got that reliable source of income. Oh, sure. So they'll write you a loan on anything, even though you make $790 a month. So you were in the Army? So, yeah, I was I was a tanker in the army. Oh, that's so let you they let you blow shit up. Oh yeah, I'm a, I've spent a lot of your money. <laughs> Perfect. That's okay because I was in the navy before that. Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, so we're so we're we're both blowing shit up. <laughs> no, you were yeah, cleaning exactly. up the shit. I was cleaning up shit. Was, <laughs> yeah, he was blowing it up. You were cleaning it up. <laughs> Most of the guys that are in the navy can tell you, depending on what time they were stationed, they can either clean or paint the hell out of anything. That's right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Yeah. Although, see, I was in the fire department in, in Muscle. Oh, okay, yeah. So I put any things that you blew up, I put out. That's like a real job. Well, I, I, maybe. When yeah, you're work, when you're actually leave, doing something. When you leave the Navy and you're a firefighter, you can actually go be a firefighter somewhere. No, else. you can't. Oh, really? Yeah, not unless if you're sucking somebody's dick. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, was I supposed to say that tanker, out loud? When you leave the military and you're a tanker, when you leave the Army... There is not a single job in the world you're qualified to do because there is like there is no D nine dozer or anything in the world <laughs> no. close to the way a tank operates. No, you can open up a motorcycle shop though. That's about what you can do. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's, <laughs> you try a lot of other things. So I was a police officer. I worked for a few years as a police officer. I had motorcycles then. Uh, I've kind of been into bikes as long as I've been able to ride them. As you know, as long no, as I've been around. So I've always done bikes. And uh, when I got back from the military. I came back here, and uh, my training wife, she was a German uh, woman that I married over there. Ooh, she yay. was big into Vespas, so I had to get, yeah, I had to get a Vespa. Well, you couldn't, I couldn't find a Vespa over here, so I eventually found a Vespa. Once I got her the Vespa, then she decided because she was American now, she didn't want the Vespa. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up with a Vespa, and uh, she got a little Suzuki GS450, and then I kept the Vespa. And I've always loved them. They've always yeah. been one of those things that attracted to, uh, that I was really, really attracted to. So getting a start with a Vespa is the redheaded stepchild of the motorcycle world. Right. You don't get respect from anybody. That's the, <laughs> that is the bottom. No, hey, we all did it here. <laughs> Even your wife, obviously, right? <laughs> well, well, Chris laughs at guys at traffic lights. And, and he knows, up. I, I started out also on a uh, scooter. Yeah, yes, oh, we, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, yeah we, you know? we both did, yeah. And that, yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, a lot of people do. I mean, it is an excellent stepping stone. 
it is funny that in our country we get a lot of people whose first motorcycle is a you know like a star 650 but the rest <laughs> did you say that because you know tim's first bike was a star 650 <laughs> no, it's, it's, tim is along with like the star 650 has replaced the honda cb350 as being the most popular entry-level motorcycle in right. this country wow so i love the bike it was a great bike they're very good bikes. But he was a good, excellent he, motorcycle yeah. until you got to go 75 miles an hour. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. That's which a scooter. Which Ted did all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All the scooters yeah. were out running him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know what's funny is that uh, Star 650, which is a full-size, full-scale motorcycle, isn't any faster than uh, you know something like a Honda Shadow 750, which I consider to be like an 80% scale motorcycle. <laughs> the, shadows, the Shadow 750s are really small. Right. Like, they're just downscale. Whereas the Star is big enough to fool some people into thinking it's an FLH. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Shadow 750 ACE isn't fooling anybody into thinking it's you know, an FLH. It's, it's definitely putting put in the shrinkometer. Oh, my God. But, yeah, there's something. So, yeah, we've been doing uh, Vespa. We started with Vespa scooters at the shop, vintage scooters and vintage motorcycles side by side. We were the original Mods versus Rockers business model. Yeah, That's how we got started. Right. And then we started bringing in more motorcycles with the Enfields and then eventually the uh, Moto Guzzi's as a, the two new brands that we carried. And we recently dropped the Enfields. That's uh, a totally different Aww. discussion. Yeah. Well, tell, you what, uh, tell, just, us, tell us about Cleveland Moto, the, the, you know, your, yeah. your shops, because you just opened up the new store. Right. Well, we've had multiple stores before, but what we've done is we were in a building that we uh, leased for years and years and years. Right. And we recently decided that we were, since we're adults, and since <laughs> you know, I'm damn near 50 years old, that I should own my own building instead of paying somebody else to borrow theirs. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what we did was we moved out of a landlord that was going to bump us from 4000 a month to 6500 a month. Oh, wow. And we bought a building for, you know, $250,000 that we now own. That's awesome. So that's, you know, it's our roof. It's our heater. Yeah. It's our air conditioner. It's our, it's all ours. Now, do, you, way do, you, go. do you own both shops, both, both stores? That's, my second store is leased. So oh, my okay. other store over in Mentor, that's our east side store, our mm-hmm. satellite store. That is a leased building. So I don't know how much longer we're going to stay in that one or if we're going to find a building out there to buy. Yeah. Because I can tell you, the days of me leasing anything from anybody are, are over. Oh, yeah. I can understand. So Yeah. yeah so we're going to own property from now on. It only took me, you know, 47 years to realize yeah, that fundamental know, tenet of real estate. Yeah. Well, you were thinking yeah. you were blowing up, ta- blowing up stuff with a tank, you know. But, exactly. You know, we were thinking. So we had, yeah. We didn't have any. But that's our game. So the game is that we do Vespas, brand new Vespas. We do a bunch of different scooters. We do the Moto Guzzi motorcycles, which we absolutely love, and the uh, we drop the Enfield, but we are still the only place within about a 75-mile radius that will work on a motorcycle that's over 14 years old. Wow. So if you have a Honda, if you've got a 2000 Honda Shadow, and you call any of our local you know, UJM dealers, mm-hmm. they're going to tell you if it's over 14 years old, they're actually going to give you our card. Oh, wow, that's funny. That's wow. awesome. Though. So it, That's it, good. It, it's great. Well, we don't have to advertise for service. Oh, that's true. It so comes and finds us. now, you do a podcast with well Liza at the Motorcycles of Misfits. They do a podcast with about I say about twelve hundred people, and yours is a little slightly smaller than that with like six hundred people. Right. <laughs> well, we do the, the the big joke with the Motorcycles of Misfits is they actually need their eighteen channel mixer, <laughs> and I've been there. I've been in that room or that closet where they record them on days when even with the massive you know multi-channel mixer they have not everyone gets their own microphone oh that's funny now, i didn't know that 
our podcast, we just do one, like a Zoom. We have a Zoom set in the middle of the table, mm-hmm. and we have six guys sitting around the Zoom, uh, and that's why our podcast sounds like what you pay for it. <laughs> it's a, it, it's a free podcast. Yeah. You get shit quality. You get shit content. And you're lucky if we're not shit-faced. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no. Yeah. You guys do get shit-faced. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I got told, I, I think when I talked to you, I, I think the funniest one that I've heard is when uh, was Johnny Chrome, I think, where he got drunk and sang your outro music by himself. No, that's, that's Johnny Michael Johnny Michael Fresh will get so loaded uh, he'll get so loaded, and his favorite part of the podcast is singing us out to the NPR team. <laughs> and uh, there's nothing he likes better than you ought to see his face light up. Uh, someday we're going to do a video podcast just so oh, people please can do. see the train wreck that happens at the end of our podcast. <laughs> it's a good time. Yeah, it's a really good time. Well, you recorded 137 on your phone. Uh, we did. We did 137 on the phone just because Dustin wasn't there. So uh, <laughs> it was one of the first times ever that Dustin wasn't there. We had the uh, we had the HP4. We had the Zoom. Yeah. And so we had the Zoom there, but I wasn't certain if the Zoom was going to work. But meanwhile, we have recorded other podcasts on our phone, on my phone. <laughs> so just for the hell of it, I had both of them running in parallel. So I had the, the Zoom recorder going, but I also had my phone going. And there have been times where I thought that the, the audio quality on my phone was actually better. Than <laughs> Probably will be, right? Because so, didn't they stop making a Zoom like 15 years ago or something? I don't know how I don't know how old the unit is, but uh, to give you an idea, it's not rechargeable. It actually has batteries inside it. Yeah, right. So there aren't too many things in the world these days that you can't plug a USB cord into to right. charge them. This Zoom is one of them. Oh, okay. so. But it actually, what amazes me is it does have a whole whack of microphones inside of it. So it does have microphones pointed in a bunch of different directions. All right. Well, let's. So, how about we want? How about we talk about motorcycles a little bit? Are there some? Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's the one thing about me is my life is motorcycles. So yeah. um, I get motorcycles in the morning, noon, night, and on the way home. Uh, so you guys will appreciate this. For the past month, I have been riding almost exclusively the 2011 FLTRU. So that's the Road Glide Ultra. Oh, that's what you're riding? That's what I'm riding. That's my daily driver. Really? And uh, put I put just a hair over 2,000 miles on it in the past 28 days. So, what? Yeah. Really? Exactly. Now, yeah. wait, now, wait a minute. You're riding, here you are riding a Harley. Yeah. But yet you have, you've been wanting to have the owner of Moto Guzzi's baby for how long now? <laughs> uh, quite a while. Quite, <laughs> quite a long time. The uh, I love Moto Guzzi's like crazy. Now I have a 1973 Eldorado. Oh yeah, I have that's a, 19, a nice bike. Se- and I have a 1978 850T3, and then I got a 2013 Cafe Racer. And if I could swing it, I would probably have one of the brand new Eldorados too. Do you like the, the Flying uh, Fortress? You know what? I don't know. I, I still can't get used to that bike. Uh, a lot of people love it, but I don't care for the riding position. The, really, the the power's fantastic. I love the power. Um, I like the features. I'm not even offended by the styling as much as I thought I would be. Once I saw it in person, it looked a lot better. Okay, but the uh, the riding position is that son. I call it the Sons of Anarchy riding position. So you got your hands forward and you got your feet forward. Right, <laughs> right. C shape. To me, I don't like the C shape. I don't like the C spine riding position. No, uh, not at all. I like to be either straight up up with my feet underneath me mm-hmm. so when you talk about like a sport touring bike like a bmw rs or, mm-hmm. or an rt or when you talk about like the moto guzzi nordier or the honda st 
1300. Uh, those are motorcycles where your feet are actually directly under your ass. Right. Okay, and then your shoulders are slightly forward, so you're lightly leaning into the wind, but then the pressure of the wind takes the pressure off your shoulders and your arms. And I could ride like that 600 miles in a day. You see, that's... that's, uh, that's okay. It's, to- it's so nice to me. But when I get on a motorcycle, like we had, uh, we had an FLSTI that we had the soft tail yeah. injected. Okay. So it was like one of the first of the injected soft tails. And it's a standard soft tail. So it has the big 21 inch pizza cutter front wheel <laughs> and then the real chubby, yeah, the real chubby 16 out back or 18 out back. And those, your feet were very far forward. And even though it had the buckhorn handlebars on it, your hands were still quite forward too. Yeah. So it was a bad combination. The bike had tons of power, but it did not. It had about a 45-minute ride duration. Really? For a soft yeah, tail? Yes, exactly. Well, that's only that because the of the seat position you were in. Yes, this. because the seat position I was in and because my feet were so far forward that my the weight of my legs wasn't resting straight underneath me on right. the pegs or on the floorboards. My weight was, My legs were dangling out there on these pegs. Wow. So unless you hooked your heels over the pegs, like in some impromptu freeway bars, mm-hmm. which of course then you're locking your knees on. That feels like hell too. So, do you it, watch it, me ride? Is important. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> no, but owning a shop that does what we do, we get to work on every different kind of motorcycle. Yeah. So, like right now in my shop, we're working on an '84 Honda Interceptor 500. Nice. You know, we're working on a V Max. Okay. We're working on three different Harley Davidsons, a vintage BMW, like a 1959 BMW. Wow. Yeah. And these are all motorcycles that I get to slash have to ride. <laughs> so okay. some days you get to say that you get to ride the bike. And other days you say you have to ride the bike. Right. Because if you're paying $1,200 to have your motor and transmission rebuilt, you're going to want to make sure that I ride this bike for 80 or 90 miles before I give it back to you. Exactly. Ooh, That's the proper thing to do. So yep, like exactly. our like our friend at TT Cycles, who pretty much does, he rebuilds Triumphs, yeah. in any weather, he's out there yeah. riding. And is that you? Well, today it was 52 degrees on my way home. It's raining sideways. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and I rode 18 miles to come home. So Yay, you. That gives you an idea. And today on the way home, because of the weather, I rode on 2009 Vespa. GTS 300. Oh. Or GTS 250. You poor man. So, yeah, but I was doing 80 miles an hour on the freeway. On the Vespa? On the Vespa. In the rain? fast, dude. Vespa's are fast. And that's stock. that's in the rain, huh? They are fast. In the rain. That bike has an 88 mile an hour top speed. Yeah. Uh, And you were pushing it. I was doing about 80. That's not really pushing it. It's faster than the V650. It is. (laughs) Right? The dirty secret is that bike, the Vespa GTS 250 and the GTS 300, are faster dead stock than any Sportster 883. Wow. Really? I don't know. I would wait. My 883 was pretty quick. I would, I would, well, I, I well his speedometer didn't work either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. One of the saddest days of my life was the first day that I had a Sportster 883 in. And it was actually a more modern one. It was 1994. And I couldn't That's get mine. the bike. I couldn't get, well, this was back in the day. This was many, many years ago. Yeah. And I was really upset because I couldn't get the motorcycle to go over 94 miles an hour. Really? And I tried. I tried like hell. You to must get have got a lemon because mine could haul ass. Yeah, and that's, well, that's the different thing. Yeah, but there did were you go over of... 94 miles an hour? Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, this one did have aftermarket screaming eagle pipes on it, so that probably was taking about 10 miles an hour off the top speed. Possibly. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh, 
But yeah, so I do have to ride a lot of different bikes. There's a whole lot of different. Well, bikes. that's actually cool, yeah. though. Yeah, it is cool. It's one of the favorite parts of the job, and our mechanics that work for us. It's really funny because Johnny Chrome displaces like 360 pounds. So he's a small guy, right? He's a little guy. And <laughs> yesterday, when I was pulling the truck out of the parking lot, uh, going to pick up, make a delivery. He was pulling out of the parking lot on a Stella scooter. Did you take a picture? Did, did you, you take a picture? You have to because it happens every day. It's well, you got to take a picture of that. You got to put that on your website. That sounds oh, yeah. like a bear Come fucking on, a chihuahua. So- <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, it is a. It is a gorilla fucking a coconut. Yeah. Like, and uh, now he owns. He owns a Stella with a sidecar rig, so he takes his son around what? and stuff, and so he's on the Stella, and the son's in the sidecar rig. Oh, my God, that must and be a They'll sidecar. get along. They get up to about 50, 55 miles an hour with a good tune on it. Yeah. I think there so. could be abuse charges going on right there. Oh, there definitely should be. <laughs> <laughs> and you get a lot of people new to motorcycling coming in your shop. Yeah, and that's a big thing. Because we do have scooters, we have the stink of scooter on us. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's true. Um, our shop for years was called Pride of Cleveland Scooters because we were totally okay with that. But what we didn't realize is that the average man in America is not going to go to buy a motorcycle in a scooter shop <laughs> because they might get the gay on them. Yeah, right. And so what we learned was guys will buy a scooter at a motorcycle shop, but they will not buy a motorcycle at a scooter shop. Right. So we That's changed the right. name of our business from Pride of Cleveland Scooters to Cleveland Moto. Okay. And that was that helped our business dramatically. Oh, did it really? Just oh, by changing absolutely. your name? Consider see why. Oh, wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Because you know what? You wouldn't buy your motorcycle at Purple Orchid Harley Davidson. Nope. You might yeah, think no. twice about it. Yeah. But once we changed the name, that did quite a bit for us. But we still have a lot of traffic yeah. for the Vespa buyers. The Vespa people are still there. So we do get a lot of first-time riders. The interesting thing that we get is we get liars. We get the first-time liar. Oh, yeah. And the first-time liar <laughs> is the guy who comes in who's like 32 years old. His girlfriend or his wife's with him because, you know, they want it. The girlfriend or wife wants to get a Vespa. <laughs> and so he's in there, and he's trying to lie. So he's trying to tell us all the shit that you know isn't true. Like, yeah, well, I used to have a Harley, but I sold it. Oh, really? What kind of Harley did you have? Well, I had an FLH 1000. Like, yeah, those words don't go together. You know. the, yeah. The first part of that is right, and the second part of that is right, but when you put it together, it's wrong. <laughs> and so we catch him, and we'll kind of sometimes we'll give him a little wink, and we'll be like, it's okay, your secret's safe. We're not going to totally out you. <laughs> but then he'll start, like, while she's looking at the Vespas and stuff, he'll start going over and trying to sit on the motorcycles. And you can tell from two seconds when somebody goes, throws a leg over a bike, whether or not they know what they're doing or they're faking it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. We, we get to see a lot of that. And the scooter thing is a lot of first time riders, but also the interesting thing as we, you know, talked about earlier, we get a lot of first time riders just in general. So we keep a bunch of those bikes like the GZ 250 from Suzuki. We keep some Rebel 250s mm-hmm. around. Oh, God, we Rebel. We make sure oh we God. have a lot of those bikes that are excellent for learning how to ride on. Wow. What about those and, people uh, who are, are, who've been out of motorcycling and are getting back well, into it? That's RTR, man. That's returning to riding. So um, the RTR, our local motorcycle safety foundation classes are full of guys that are 45 years old. They started when they were 18, 19, 20. They've had some kids. Mm-hmm. The kids are in college now, and these guys are returning to riding. 
And what we can normally tell you about an RTR guy is he's got a his his eyes are way bigger than his stomach. <laughs> and with these guys, they figure like, okay, well, back in '83, I had a Suzuki GS850. So now I better look at at least a 1,000. And I'm like, yeah, because on the couch for the past 20 years, your skills have improved so much. <laughs> so they, uh, Ride a couch so, like to the best of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> These guys should take a year. Like They should take a year on a star 650 or they should take a year on the, he, you just keep insulting 600. tim just you just keep insulting uh, are, tim hey man tell me tell me that's not a fantastic motorcycle you know what it's, it's not an insult because that's not, a badass it's, it's a good motorcycle man it's a reliable motorcycle it's not going to break down every week it's not going to cost you a lot of money to maintain no, it and it good bike, you know though. that yeah. you can jump on that motorcycle and the only thing you can't do is go fast is like 80 <laughs> miles an hour for a long tick yeah right well but honestly, you can do it. You just have to be willing to listen to the motor. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, I know. It was screaming all the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, uh, you know, a lot of people complain about the Boulevard C50s, the 800cc Boulevards. Really? Because they're, they have a similar issue. And you know what's good is a lot of those Boulevards are shaft drive. Mm-hmm. And they're so one of the best built. Yeah, they're one of the best built motorcycles mm-hmm. I've ever laid my you know ass across. A C50 from Suzuki especially the later ones that are fuel-injected. The, the carbureted Volusias, they can be a pain in the ass, but the fuel-injected ones are really remarkably good bikes. And they're shaft drive. They've, they've got everything you'd want in a motorcycle, and you can buy these things on the open market now for about three grand. Jeez. So how would you not want to start on that motorcycle? Right. You've got a low seat height. Um, it's affordable. You can ride it for two years and punt it along for... 500 less than you paid for it. Right. And then and when you then get a bigger it. bike, you can keep that one in your pocket in case your bigger bike yeah. breaks down. <laughs> or, yeah, or you introduce somebody that you know into riding. Right, exactly. You know, that's that's a great thing to do is to have a bike just hanging around so that you can be like, hey, you want to learn how to ride a bike or you want to go r- for a ride with me? You're, right, there's exactly. There's a key. Yeah. Yep. Because when you've only got twenty-five or $3,000 invested into something, yeah. and if you can sell it for two grand or 2500 after enjoying it for two years, well, shit, let's do it. Yeah. You know? Uh, that's a great way to get into it. The returning to riding guys are great. Uh, the thing that's funny is they they really don't... The way motorcycles have shifted it's so much. In 1983, so many motorcycles went 150 miles an hour. Uh-huh. Like There were a ton of motorcycles that went 150 miles an hour in 1983. They couldn't stop or turn. They went 150 <laughs> miles an hour. And now, today's market... There's a, a ton of 1,200cc and bigger motorcycles that'll barely go 110. Wow. But they stop They stop great and they turn great. Yeah. So, like, the whole thing has shifted a little bit. And I don't know whether it's because motorcycle companies decided to stop killing their owners or whether it's <laughs> just a, a good build, like a better build quality. Yeah. And that's true is a lot of the bikes that these guys remember, um, that is one of the hardest things to overcome is a guy comes in, he tells you, well, I used to have a CB750, and it went 128. And you go, well, here's a CB1100, and it goes 108. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, and, and he's like, well, that's a major step down from where I was. But how often are you riding at 108 miles an hour? Yeah, that's people just well, talking at their ass. That's exactly right. And to my logic today is when somebody comes in and says, well, you know, that's a problem. I said, well, really, did you go 108 miles an hour on the way over here today? <laughs> because I will admit it. I drive wildly irresponsibly when it comes to actual the digits on the speed on the speedo. I drive faster than I should 
most of the time on two wheels. Uh, in my truck, I'm a pussy. I, I, I'm not a fast driver in the truck at all. But on two wheels, I move fast and I stay in front of people. And I always wonder when somebody comes in, I size them up a little bit, look at them, and go like, are you really the kind of guy that drives 140 miles an hour everywhere you go? Right. Because that 140 miles an hour is faster than you remember it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I got to go to the and store. I, be right back. <laughs> well, and I also think that I don't think they're intentionally bullshitting me, but I think that maybe just like in the rearview mirror, yeah. how fast they were when they was they were twenty one is a little bit different than what it actually yeah. is. So, and that's just you know, yeah, that's that's the nature of aging, I guess. Nah. but it is funny to see the older guys coming into it, and it does it does put a lot of weird shit in our trading department. No, because that's when the guys <laughs> like, well, I got a bike in my garage, I haven't ridden in fifteen years. <laughs> and as a guy that collects know motorcycles, I sometimes go, "Well, this could be interesting." Yeah, but you, normally it's a pile of shit. You, know, <laughs> no. always, you normally get a lot of those. Another... You get a lot of those guys come in that you go, "Okay, this is an accountant who wants yeah. a big bike," and you could just yeah. tell he's he reeks of desk. Yeah. Well, and there's also a big thing about people have a romantic notion. A lot of the motorcycles we have in our shop. If you look in our showroom, between the two showrooms, we've got over thirty actual true vintage classic historical really? motorcycles. That's awesome. And they're they're running motorcycles you can get on and ride by. Okay. Okay. The problem is I they, they call me the dream killer. Because <laughs> it's my job to take a guy like you who walks in and goes, Oh Jesus Christ, that is a nineteen seventy three Kawasaki H one five hundred CC triple. I go, Yes it is. Thank you for identifying it correctly. That's the Widowmaker. I'm like, nah, it's actually technically the son of the Widowmaker. The Widowmaker was the 750. But yeah, this one killed a few people too. So, <laughs> well, that's, that's no way to sell bikes, Phil. <laughs> well, that's but that's kind of the, the history of it. People want to buy the thing because, like, that was why people go crazy for Shelby Cobras, right? Because right. they because they didn't they weren't easy to drive. And when somebody tells me that they're like, oh, well, how much is that? I'm like, well, it's five grand. And you can see immediately they're going, oh, I can afford five grand. Yeah. I'm like, you can afford five grand, but you can't maintain this fucker. Like, <laughs> this thing is going to put you in the poor house or the frustrated house real fast. So, like, being able to pay for a 40-year-old vintage motorcycle and being able to own a 40-year-old vintage motorcycle are two totally different things. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Deep they're, pockets. They're, yeah, and it's, uh, it's the frustration factor, too. Like, as most of the time, when I sell somebody this thing and I, I have them sign the title and I give them the keys... I have. I really want to have him sign a thing that says "lose my fucking number." <laughs> uh, That's funny. You know, if you adopt a dog and the dog turns out to be a real shitty dog and eats your house and eats your drapes and eats your carpet <laughs> and everything else, you can't go back to the pound or wherever you got that fucking dog and be like, "You got to pay for my drapes." No. You know, you got to pay for my carpet. Exactly. You're fucked, right? But in this situation, when I sell somebody a motorcycle and six months or seven months later, they're calling to complain about something failed in it. Well, it's a 40 year old operating system. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know? And if you want a warranty, you buy a new bike. That's that's why people buy new bikes. Oh, because okay. you know, they come with warranty. Right. You know, but if you're the type of guy that thinks that he can live a life without a warranty, man, you better have a pocket full of wrenches. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hey, so listen, with uh, Moto Guzzi. Now, yeah. with the three big three domestic brands to compete with, yeah. how's Moto Guzzi brand faring against those bikes here in the U.S.? And do you well, have a favorite? The good news is it's a trick question. Oh, great. Because Moto Guzzi's not trying to compete against those Oh, guys. that's okay. There you go. 
No, they're not. They don't have the volume at all. Yeah. Uh, what Moto Guzzi makes in a year, Harley Davidson makes in less than a week. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. So the numbers are so wildly. Uh, what we tell people is Moto Guzzi builds every single motorcycle by hand. Yeah. So every bike is built by hand. You can go to the factory, you can tour the factory, meet the people that built your motorcycle. And it is very much a, a passion thing. Like every guy that builds a bike there, every guy or gal that builds a bike there, they're essentially signing the bike that they built. Right. So when we look at that, that's maybe 7,900 motorcycles per year. Wow. For the whole planet. Wow. Okay. So when you look at numbers that small, um, then they're not competing with Harley. They're not competing with Indian. They're not competing with Victory. They're not competing with virtually anybody else. Right. They're not trying to compete with anybody. They're just trying to capture a certain loyal owner. Right. The trick with Gucci owners is you'll get a guy that's on his sixth Gucci in 25 years. Uh, wow. That's real. That's real common in my world. So it's a lot of turnaround. Uh, yeah, well, there's there's a certain degree of loyalty that you get with the Gucci customer that doesn't really give a fuck about what Harley Davidson's doing or what mm-hmm. BMW is doing or anything else. Uh, they've they drank the Moto Guzzi Kool Aid a long, long time ago, oh, right? And now they've got four hundred thousand miles on Gucci's, and they're not willing to give up that, right? They're, and they're they shouldn't keep doing it. They right. shouldn't. Right. And so the good news is. What, uh, what a lot of people don't know is that Piaggio, Piaggio the scooter company, yeah. Piaggio the airplane company, Piaggio purchased Moto Guzzi, actually they purchased Aprilia and got Moto Guzzi in a deal uh, a number of years ago. And when they did that, that was such a cash infusion to the folks at Moto Guzzi that they ended up able to really up the quality. Of the hold product. it, hold it. You got a pussy yeah. on your lap. I do. I got one. Yeah, it's right there. <laughs> yeah, Phil has it. a pussy, everybody. Yeah, that's it. That's that's exactly it. Yeah, one tuxedo. It's the only tuxedo I own. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah. So that's my. That's the closest thing we get to black tie around our. House. The. Uh, but Moto Guzzi doesn't really try. Uh oh. Stay relevant. Okay. They try to make sure to give their customers a good product to move into, mm-hmm. uh, so that unlike with a certain manufacturer who actually builds their motorcycles to become obsolete after 10 years. So it's planned obsolescence mm-hmm. being built into the motorcycle, forcing you to buy a new one. Some manufacturers actually do that. Really? Moto Guzzi has to focus on building a motorcycle that is exciting enough that you'll want to get away from the one you're already on. Okay. And in the shop, one of the strangest things since the California 1400 platform came out in 2014 Almost every single bike we've taken in on trade towards the California 1400 has been a Harley Davidson. Wow, how about that? I mean, we're talking about probably, uh, we've done, let's say we've done about 20 flips. So I'd say 95% have been Harley Davidson. Wow. So it gives me a weird situation is I now have to find a way to liquidate Harley Davidson. Yeah. And the problem is, I'm running into this problem that Harley Davidson oversold themselves for about the past eight years, 10 Mm -hmm. years. And so they have their own problem, their own supply problem, where at my local Harley dealer, they've got the back of the where the room that you can't see is full of brand new units. Yeah. And they've got a certain small number of used units on the floor that they're going to make a ton of money when they sell you those used bikes. But in the back, they've got an ocean of those same used bikes. Um, my local Harley dealer, dealer they, he's probably got 24 street glides in the back that are three years old and used 
Wow. And these guys are trading them in on new, new bikes when the payments are done. Yeah. Because they want to have the newest, freshest, latest thing. Right. Well, the problem is we get this bumper crop, and the auction houses are full of them. Yeah. The guys that do the auctions, they're just absolutely full of this product right now. So it's market so, saturation is going on right here. It's absolutely market saturation. And it's getting to be where people can really, the buyer has so much power right now. If you're looking at buying a three- or five-year-old Harley-Davidson, man, you got a lot of power as a customer. That's good. You there? Yeah, it is. It's, it's amazing. The problem is everybody that bought a Harley eight or ten or you know five years ago, in their mind, they paid 28 for it. So in their mind, it's worth 20. Well, Kelly Blue Book says it's 14. <laughs> well, the dealer's got a whack of them back there, so he might offer you eight because he's flooded on them. Yeah. So if you're holding one of these eight-year-old eight-year-old Harleys, it can be a little grounding to find out that you thought your bike was worth 20 because you bought a Harley because they hold their value. Well, they held their value until they flooded their own market. Yeah. Wow. How about and that? So that's an interesting thing, and it's it's one of those. Everybody wanted a piece of Harley Davidson, so they made a bunch of them. Yeah. Well, they made so many of them that there wasn't any uh, exclusivity anymore, and now some people are getting tired of playing the Harley-Davidson game. Yeah. Now, if you listen to my podcast, you'll know that on our podcast we have two guys, myself and Johnny Chrome, that both actually like Harley-Davidson. Mm-hmm. And then we have everybody else that just loves to sit there and, and shoot shoot at them. Yeah, I know. I, I listen. Yeah, yeah. and uh, if you listen to our podcast, you'll know that, like, Dustin just fucking can't stand him. And Hoffert, Steve Hoffert, does not like him one bit. Well, uh, his, his, his email address has mo- uh, Motorrad in it. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. The, uh, yeah, he's, uh, we're actually surprised that we can get him to deviate from the BMW course. Well, he's on the, a zero uh, now, right? He's riding one of your zeros. He's got a zero, yeah. So he's got a zero SR. He's got the super motard, uh, super motard version of the zero S. And, uh, but he also... He's just one of those guys that you never know what he's going to be riding week to week. So that's a, that's a tough one. And so let me ask you this. Yeah. Are, are, are Moto Guzzi uh, uh, loyalists as rabid as Harley loyalists are? Yes, but they're not as well-dressed. <laughs> we do not have the... We don't have the access to the marketing department. Uh, we don't have the access to the clothing catalog that you guys do. Yeah. Uh, and that is that is a, you're going to look at my shirt and I see that shirt right yeah, there. Yeah, I see that. Some, yeah, I made that <laughs> because Moto Guzzi doesn't make that. Well, well there you so, go. So uh, Moto Guzzi doesn't have a clothing department. Moto Guzzi doesn't have a, a fashion department mm-hmm. at all, and they just don't understand. They're really funny because they don't understand the necessity of a motorcycle company to also maintain a fashion. Yeah, di- well, diversify, right? Exactly. Right. And so if you're a Moto Guzzi person, 90% of the time, you got to make your own shit. <laughs> so uh, it does I like that, and, though. Well, and look at the guys they're leaving to the task. When you look at your average Moto Guzzi owner, he's exactly the same as a BMW owner, but half the income. So they're... <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Or they say the Guzzi will stop on a dime and pick it up. The, uh, <laughs> they're very, very tight owners. So they buy a Guzzi because they last 300,000 miles. They buy a Guzzi because they don't have expensive maintenance. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason these guys flock to these bikes. Right. And when you see the guy like that is in charge of dressing himself, that's when you see the 20-year-old pants and the big wide red suspenders come out. And <laughs> the Guzzi guys, right, they've suffered an aging problem. And in the past five or six years, because of Piaggio getting involved, there's some sexier 
better looking, more interesting Gootsies out there. So at the Gootsie rallies, you're seeing these like. There's Gootsie rallies? Been... Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> wow, who knew? Yeah. yeah. Imagine imagine that. There's a, there's a group other than the Harley owners. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know there's a BMW yeah. group, and they have rallies. Um, there is a group for. Pretty much anything. Left, left-handed platypus testicle shavers. I'm going to skip uh, that rally. Okay. This is a world where everybody's a special snowflake, and if you can find two people that have anything close to each other, they've got a Facebook page for it. <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, it is. We're getting young. It's really funny to see like the younger people showing up at that kind of a rally. Oh, that's funny. So. Yeah, and it wow. is funny because those rallies were notoriously like, "Wow, man, these guys are all going to die." Soon. <laughs> and, and a bunch of young, is a bunch of twenty-five or thirty-year-old guys going to get these motorcycles and immediately push them onto Craigslist? Maybe you can answer so, a question for me. Yeah. What's with Motoguzi? I mean, the, the, what's with the redheads? Oh, okay. <laughs> what the hell is with the redheads? I don't I no get it. Was, I have no idea what was, at all was with the redheads, and it was on the prototype bike. And when we saw the prototype bike, when we saw the pictures, the very first images of the prototype bike, which I'm fairly certain was like one of those normal like clay mock-ups right. they do of anything. And we saw that, and we went, wow. <laughs> That's red. Well, <laughs> holy shit. Like, you guys weren't afraid to take it to 11. Like, like <laughs> yeah, people complained about Motoguzzi being too conservative for all these years. You did not fucking... You didn't phone it in on this one. You guys really, really owned it. And we thought, well, you know what? It's a prototype. So you look at any prototype of anything. Yeah, but they pushed it like, out the door. Yeah, no shit. Well, <laughs> they didn't push the, you know, remember back in the day, the Ford Futura oh, my was God. the Batmobile. <laughs> and like, they, took, they took that car from the, from the car show, put red bats on it, and it was the fucking Batmobile. Well, so they didn't have to do anything to it. But what came to the public wasn't a bubble-domed thing, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because everything, the prototype, always gets watered down. It always gets filtered down. Well, somehow, Motoguzzi went, prototype, the only thing they did was they took the red off the tip of the fender, and they actually put real bags on the back. So they made it, they added to it, and then the only thing they took off was the red on the tip of the fender. Everything else fucking stayed. So, you know, the 96 square feet of carbon fiber stayed. Like, everything that was radical and outlandish, the 21-inch front wheel, it stayed. That like, bat fairing. The bat fairing. The, the first time you could ever call a bat wing fairing an actual bat wing It's this fairing. one. It is this one. This is the one that has earned the term bat wing. And that's Gootsy. And Gootsy was pissed because when they were testing Batwing fairings, they realized something that Harley guys have known for 50 years is when you put a giant piece of fiberglass hooked to your front forks, <laughs> it does provide you with certain awkward handling characteristics Just a at 90 miles an hour. Right. Because <laughs> you got like something that's four feet wide pushing on your handlebars. Yeah. And so at 90 miles an hour, your average Harley Davidson with a Batwing dances around a little bit. Just a tad. And, and you don't need a speed governor when you have that fairing on your bike. Now, Gootsy didn't like that because the one thing you do notice about Gootsies is they're fast and they corner. Mm -hmm. And they are. I mean, they're, they're right at 1,400. They're fast and they corner. Well, they didn't like that, so they actually put a linear dampener off of an airplane uh, wheel on the front end of the motorcycle. No way. Did they really? They did. Yeah, they did. They oh, that's ingenious. 
Yeah, they took it off of the front of a... It, it's an item that would normally be found in the nose gear of an airplane. Wow. Because Piaggio is an airplane company. Um, that's also why they could affordably put so much carbon fiber on that motorcycle, mm-hmm. because Piaggio is an air, airplane company. Oh, wow. So there are no strangers to using a lot of carbon fiber. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So whereas other companies are like, we got to hire somebody who knows how to work with carbon fiber... Piaggio goes, yeah, that's Tuesday through Friday. <laughs> you know, that's, that's all the airplanes we build. So they, uh, we got people that know how to do carbon fiber. Oh, wow. But I just, to me personally, the things that you can do to the bike, like I would change the foot, the foot peg position for me personally. Um, I did order in the taller windshield because the double bubble windshield that's on that Batwing ferry. Right. And by the way, that was like four strange catchy buzzwords in one sentence (laughs) (laughs) we'll make a note of that yeah they make a cool they make a cool taller windshield and it goes right on real easy and that's the option that i need because that kicks the wind over my head right because i'm a taller guy and that kicks the wind over my head and makes the bike a lot more pleasant to ride oh okay it really does well you, you said you're on the road glide right uh, yeah, I've been riding the Road Glide Ultra with the So now, yeah, I had a chance to ride the Road Glide Special, so did Chris, mm-hmm. and it, yeah. it handles beautifully yeah, it because it's got that rigid mounted fairing. Yeah. yeah, at 105 miles an hour, that bike is dead fucking solid. That's awesome. Uh, the problem is 107 may be the top speed. Really? So, yeah, yeah, and I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe the numbers, so I actually downloaded the data from the Michigan State Patrol's test of the they do a test of many different law enforcement applicable motorcycles all right uh the bmws they do the victories they do the bm the moto guzzis and they do the harley davidson's and so uh michigan every year actually does research that any of any of us would love to participate in wouldn't it be cool to be on an flhp on a racetrack a Mm -hmm. 2.3 mile racetrack with 10 turns oh yeah yeah, like a full GP motorcycle racetrack. They actually put these big bagger-type motorcycles out there and run them on a racetrack. They run them quarter mile. They run them zero to top speed and back down again. No kidding. And so they have the hell with what Harley-Davidson says. They have the actual tested numbers for top speed, zero to 60, and braking data. No kidding. But are those so bikes loaded yeah. or not loaded? Ah, excellent question. They are not loaded. They are equipped but not loaded. So that means they don't have the shotgun mm-hmm. in them. That means they don't have, you know, all of last week's paperwork in the back. They don't have your body armor and your jacket and shit in them. But they do have the correct fairings. They have to be as they would be as they were handed to the police officer. Okay, makes sense. So so they have to be prepared. They have to have the right lighting on them. And uh, you can actually go, if you just type in uh, Michigan State Patrol Vehicle Test. Now we'll make a note of that. They do it for the cars and the trucks and uh, no all the police motorcycles, too. How about that? It's great because it's a lot of really good actual real numbers data. And so much of what the motorcycle companies put out to you is yeah. bullshit. I mean, it's like, yeah, the bike goes 126 with a shaved, trained monkey that weighs 93 pounds. <laughs> right? yeah. And like one atom of gas in a gas tank. Yeah. And we took out all the real oil and put in zero weight oil, you know, so it would go as fast as it could wow. go. Have and you we put helium in the tires? Have you? Because <laughs> that makes a difference. Have you ridden the new uh, the new engine, the Milwaukee Eight? I have not. Oh, we haven't really had enough of them around here to uh, to jump right out and, and sit on one and go take one for a ride. And also, I'll be completely honest with you: since I am neither in the market of buying a new Harley right. Davidson, nor is there a chance in hell any of them is going to show up in my shop on a trade in. Right. I have three years to even 
not even acknowledge the existence of this product. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's totally off my radar. He's in denial. Chance, well, it's off my radar until there's a chance one of them could be traded in. Okay. So once the, once we get to the point that one of these could be traded in, now remember, I had that same statement about the 110 motor. Yeah. And I had that same statement about the 103 motor years earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, these generations of improvements that Harley-Davidson makes as they get slightly further and further and further away from the Japanese motorcycles that the V-Rod and the Street 500 and Street 750 are emulating, when they, as they keep investing in the big twin market, these generations are going to take a little while to filter down into the used market. Yeah. Um, these yeah. things are bloody expensive. Yeah. They're really powerful. Mm-hmm. They're fantastic. Uh, and it represents a really interesting thing to watch. Uh, didn't we all shit ourselves? I mean, I don't know how. I don't know if you guys were riding or what you were riding. But when the Evo showed up, mm-hmm. I remember my whole family, my whole world. When the Evo showed up, they were like, "The Evo is the greatest thing in the world." <laughs> and you know, it really wasn't the greatest thing. In the world. <laughs> uh, it, it was a long way away from the greatest thing in the world. It was light years ahead of the shovel, but it was not even in the shadow of what some of the Japanese companies were doing. But there's a lot of so, people that didn't like the Evo. And that's, oh that's God, fine. Yeah. Well, and it's very fashionable now, too. It's very fashionable in a lot of ways to not love the thing that people are riding on or right. could be the savior of the company. So it's real easy to sit back and be like, yeah, it sucks. But that's okay. It has to be sellable. People got to buy it. Yeah. And if you can sell a lot of them and people are riding them and they're getting to work in the morning, and not experiencing problems on a massive level, good, fucking great, man. I yeah. hope they build a million of them. You know, that's that's important. My logic is that we need to have Harley Davidson around. It's Harley Davidson is a very fucking important company to to this country as a whole. Oh. Um, we need to continue to have Italian people and German people that have a fantasy about coming to America, renting a Harley Davidson, driving across America. Right. We need to keep that dream alive. And whether they're doing it on a Victory or they're doing it on an Indian. That's good. Those are good things. And we need to have, like, we got to keep Harley-Davidson. It has to stay relevant. Uh, so does Indian and so does Victory. Yeah. You know, And it wouldn't hurt us to have some other guys in the game either. No, it not wouldn't at all. Hurt, It wouldn't hurt us to have somebody producing uh, an American-built 400cc. The problem is with the prevailing labor rate in America, a 400cc bike is going to cost you about ten grand on the road. Yeah. yeah. So that's what sucks. And you can buy two imports for the price of that. Yeah, and I don't want to see people grabbing Chinese bikes and saying, you know, put the wheels on in Oklahoma and say that it's built in America. (laughs) Uh, That's bullshit. We don't need any more of that. There's plenty of that going around as it is. So it is important. I think that it's good to be diverse. It's good to have a bunch of different stuff in the market. It really is. Uh, It's funny when you see the people today that are buying motorcycles uh, that are just like, they had no concept that five years ago they'd be buying a motorcycle. Yeah. And the problem is the marketing department's working so hard to get those poor sons of bitches on a 1,000cc bike. Mm-hmm. And when Indian tells you that the Scout 1,000cc bike is a good entry-level bike. <laughs> what? No. We, oh, no. That's, just walk into your Indian dealership. You know what? Put your hat on backwards. Don't wear any flair. Don't wear any swag. Go into the Indian dealership and say, ah, I haven't ridden a motorcycle in 20 years. Looking to get a bike real quick, but I want something small I can learn on. That guy is going to have your ass on a scout so fast your head's going to spin. <laughs> and no new rider should be on a 1,000cc motorcycle. No. It's, it's just ridiculous. 
it wouldn't hurt these guys to build a bike that's in the loss column. Uh, for years, Buell was in the loss column with Harley Davidson. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But they, they kept it in the loss column so they could keep that Buell blast for rider training. Oh, my God, what a bike that was. Holy crap. Oh, what a what a piece of art that thing <laughs> yeah. was. Uh, we used art in quotes, right? My favorite one was the 2014 where they just crushed it and sold it as a coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> So when they said, you know, oh, here's your whatever year it was, it was like, oh, here's your 2014 Buell Blast. It was literally <laughs> cubed. It was in a cube with a piece of glass on it. Uh, I, that is one of the bikes that I disp- – and I owned – I've owned several Buells. Have you? I, re- I really enjoyed my M2 Cyclones because they were raw. It was a motor and a motor transportation system. Yeah. Now, they it had the Harley just, engine in it, right? Yes, that's an actual yeah. – I mean, that's a real the 1200, right? 1200 motor yeah, yeah, right. with the high-compression heads. And that motor stock was pretty good, but tuned and with two thousand dollars worth of suspension underneath it, you had yourself a real competitive track day bike. Yeah, and I really enjoyed. My, I, I had two of them. Uh, I sold one, and then after I sold it, I realized like two years later that I was missing something in my life, and I had owned uh, Honda's version of that. I owned the Honda VTR one thousand Superhawk, which is an amazing bike, and it you know it'll burn. It'll burn dinosaurs to the tune of, like, 30 miles per gallon. Okay. You know, it's ridiculous, but it built great torque, and it was competitive with the Ducati, mm-hmm. and it just flatly embarrassed the Buells. Well, the problem was it was completely Honda. It was trustworthy. It was reliable. You knew the way that bike was going to act every single time you took it to a corner. With the Buell, you never really knew. <laughs> and because it was, you know, because it was a Buell, because it was a Sportster motor, you would never go through the same corner the same way twice. And the power would never come in at the exact same moment twice. But it was that sort of randy behavior that made you love the bike. Because it kind of was like, you better respect me, fucker. I'm going to put you in the ditch. And Torque was and a was suggestion, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> that thing would go from completely pedestrian to, oh, shit, I've made a terrible mistake in one-eighth of a throttle turn. Like, you, could, you could literally cough or that moment between choke and off choke. You know, we all do that. We leave the bar on half choke. We leave the bar on full choke because we're in a hurry and we want to get home. But then you get to that first light and you're not quite off the choke yet. <laughs> so you back that choke off to like a quarter just so you get a good idle. But that's when you realize that the light goes green you give it the normal amount of throttle, but you forget you're half choked. <laughs> so the bike takes a big sneeze. And when it takes a big sneeze, it goes, I'm giving you no power. Now I'm giving you all the power. <laughs> <laughs> and, on a short, yeah, and on a short wheelbase 1200, that will fuck you up real good. <laughs> and uh, the bad problem is, is when the bike's on quarter choke and it's warmed up, that's essentially a throttle lock. <laughs> so now you're, you know, so now your throttle's at like 2,800 RPM, and you're chasing your bike down the street like Pee Wee Herman, and you, you know, just reach for the uh, reach for the fucking handlebars. So, so a lot of unintentional wheelies were happening. Oh my god! Yeah, and that was uh, when I got the first one. I painted it all black and orange. I powder coated the rims orange. I got one of those Wolf KBC Wolf helmets with the Harley Davidson stripe down the middle of mm-hmm. it, the HD logo, full face, you know, full face kind of guy. And uh, I would just hang out at my local bar 
and this was when the big major forty thousand dollar ass jewelry fad was in full swing <laughs> and everybody in the parking lot had 197 billion pubic inches and, <laughs> pubic inches uh, 300 series tire on the back and a 24 yeah. inch on the front and the forks were like 14 feet long right and it was you know it was just like piles of shit oh, they look just, pretty but piles of shit oh my god and everybody had them. Nobody knew how to ride them. And they they would just sit at the bar and be like, I got 200 horsepower. Okay, whatever. <laughs> you got 200 horsepower. Yeah, what do you got? Oh, I got, a, I got this little bike out there. It's a, it's, you know, it's a Buell. Oh, you got a Buell. Oh, did you borrow your sister's bike? <laughs> were, it was just a lot of shit over the fact that I had a Buell. And so eventually you just let these guys go long enough, and they're just... They're so frightened of actually having to get their dick out that they're going to talk themselves into all kinds of wild statements. Yeah. And it eventually turns to the point where it's like, well, I'll tell you what, since you're leaving, I'm leaving anyway. I'll just race you to the next set of lights. We'll go down two sets of lights for, let's say, 100 bucks. And that's when you realize that that little 1,200cc Buell was very, very fast. <laughs> I mean, an incredibly fast motorcycle. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, with all the motor in the world that these guys could barely lift into these chassis. Mm-hmm. The little Buell, that, that Buell M2, perpetually embarrassed these guys. Yeah. And it wasn't even what any of us would call a fast bike. I mean, top speed's you know, 125, 130 miles an hour. But it got there quick, and it made the most out of the 1200cc Sportster motor. No, yeah. So it, it's great. I mean, it's a really fun motorcycle to own. If, if it was still reliable and a good, easy bike to get parts for... Yeah. It would be the best cheap bike you could buy. Oh, you know, they're back now. You know, they, yeah, they keep threatening a, that they're going to have a, some bikes for us. I feel like Eric Buell is a guy that, like, he just has a racing problem. <laughs> like, the, you know, Ferrari has always had a racing problem. Aprilia and Ducati have always had a, a racing problem. The problem is there's always been an Italian multi-billionaire willing to lose several million dollars for the privilege of having his dick sucked by umbrella girls. <laughs> nice. But he can say that he owns Ferrari, or he can say that he owns Ducati. Um, the problem is Eric Buell doesn't have that kind of money. Or umbrella girls. Or umbrella girls. And racing motorcycles is really, really expensive. So racing, I mean, for what Buell is trying to do, I applaud them for bringing new technology out, but I also shake my head at them because, did you fucking think this was going to be cheap? <laughs> did you did you think for a second you were going to be able to do this on a budget? No, dude, you're just going to continue to screw shit into the ground. Like, um, you, you can't be profitable. He built some really cool motorcycles, and he built some really, really fun stuff. But to try to be competitive on a massive scale, you have to build motorcycles that have mass appeal. Yeah. And you got to stop with the racing. You know what? Buell has got to turn it down. Buell's got a cult following. Oh, yeah, they do. And Absolutely. that's it. Absolutely. That's all that's keeping them afloat right now. Right. That's exactly it. Those And for the guys that are willing to go out there and say, I'm willing to spend a ton of money, but remember to be competitive. You can't just have a ton of money. You also need to have a rider. Yeah. So that's a, that's a tough equation because if you've got enough money to afford the motorcycle that's ready to go on the track and the support crew to back it, you also have enough money to have to have enough money to pay the rider Yeah. if you're not a good enough rider yourself. So I don't know. I don't see... I do not see the third coming or the fourth coming of Buell. <laughs> you know, uh, I just don't see it happening. I 
<laughs> we knew that there'd be a third coming of Indian. You know, we knew there'd yeah. be a third or fourth coming of Indian because the name had so much traction. Yeah. Uh, if anybody wasn't sure, like in 2004 or whatever, when Kawasaki nut and bolt copied a fucking Indian <laughs> master, <laughs> when they copied the Chief with the, the Kawasaki uh, 800... Uh, uh, God damn it, what the hell is that one called? Uh, but it's the one with all the swoopy balanced fenders. It looks just like an Indian. Really? Uh, yeah, I didn't know they I, did that. I know what he's the talking drifter. about. The Drifter. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Drifter. It really does so look made, like, a, like an Indian. Oh, they made an 800 and a 1500 Drifter. And it's one of my guilty pleasure bikes. Like, I love the bike so much, I made Chris Smith from our podcast buy one. <laughs> you made so, him buy one. Yeah, I talked him into it. Just so <laughs> You're such I a good friend. He got done with it, I'd be able to buy it on the cheap. Ah, a man with an evil plan. Yes, and also it gives me the access, like if I ever decided I really wanted to ride it, I could just call him up and be like, Chris, I need to ride the Indian. And we've also systematically sold him enough other motorcycles that he has too many motorcycles now. So (laughs) That's your plan. Yeah, ironically, he has too many motorcycles, and now he's beholden to us to help him sell the motorcycles he has. (laughs) See the way this works? Yeah, fantastic. He has an evil plan. Talk to me about Zero. How many, uh, how, is there a lot of interest for the, uh, the zeros in your store? No. Really? It's a, fe- it's a fetish item. No kidding. Yeah, it's a fetish item. It's a, everyone likes the idea of silent. Everyone likes the idea of 108 foot-pounds of torque. Who the mm-hmm. fuck doesn't? Which, which, which I heard you, they just increased, actually. Yeah, they did. They made it bigger, yeah. yeah like, like, like it wasn't enough. No, it, no shit. Like, we're <laughs> joking ourselves. Like, so now you can die one sixteenth of a second faster. The, uh, they are they're absurdly fast, and they are. And the suspension is great. The brakes are great. The problem is it's going to cost you about $17,000. Wow. Right. To buy wow. the SR. So they're not cheap. No. And what, what I like to say is, however, they cost about a tenth of what a fucking Tesla costs. Yeah. So now you can drink espresso with those Tesla. <laughs> right? So you can talk about regenerative braking and you can talk about level two chargers and you can talk about 13 kilowatt, whatever. You can have the same conversation as those guys. Yeah. But on a relatively smaller butt, like a dramatically smaller So butt. they can hang out together in a coffee shop and talk oh, to each you, other. Oh, the Tesla guys stop. Like, they, when they see the Zeros parked up, or we do a demo day or something like that, it's the only thing that will make a Tesla owner arguably the most pretentious being on this planet. It's the only thing that will make them stop and go, oh, well, that's interesting. You know, it's the only thing that they'll admit is cooler than what they're driving. Because love it or not, like you can you can make fun of the Tesla guys. It's easy because look at how much money they spent. Sure. Uh, but those things are fast as fuck. Yeah. Well, and yeah. they handle great. So from a pure from if we're judging something by pure performance, holy shit. I mean wow. that shit. That's amazing. Right, it's instant torque. Like everybody says, it's instant torque. That's great, Exa- and it is. Yeah, and it's 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 intoxicating. Does it scare you to ride one of those things? Well, because with the here's what I'll let you know: the DS, which is the dual sport, and the SR, which is the sport bike, right? Right. The DSR and the SR. If it's got the letter R in there, hold on to your ass, okay? <laughs> because you're gonna have to. Because I don't know how many motorcycles you've ridden in your life that are over a hundred foot pounds of torque but also weigh less than 400 pounds. I uh, won. That's a sick, sick. That's, I mean, that's a, a lot. That's a tremendous amount of power. It wants to that's throw a, you off the back. Yeah, that's a lot of torque with a, very little weight. 
And so the traction control is working overtime. The way they have these things ramped up so that you don't just fucking loop it the first time you hit the throttle, it's kind of amazing. Now, all that holds true until you get into the dirt bike. Now, the dirt bike, the FX. Right, the FXS? Because it's a dirt bike. Well, the S is the one with the Supermo wheels. Yeah, okay. And that is still civilianified. Like, that is calmed down. Okay. That is because that's for the street. Well, the FX is not for the street. The FX is, quote, a dirt bike. So the FX, in the spirit of being a dirt bike, they want to make it that you can break the back wheel loose and you can behave in a dirt bike fashion. Well, whereas we always joke, like the S, the FXS, is not really that easy to wheelie. But the FX plane, the dirt bike, Mm -hmm. will wheelie you into your fucking grave. Wow. So they have turned off all the I don't want you to die things. (laughs) So they've taken all those. And if they haven't turned them off completely, they've turned them way, way down. Wow. So you do get a more raw rip of acceleration on the FX than on any other product they sell. Okay. The DSR and the SR are both just pure retard strength i mean they are they're they're not can you say retard is that politically correct (laughs) say say it again it's a technical term (laughs) yeah the opposite when setting up a motor it is the opposite of advance okay it's it's retard (laughs) okay if you're you're from my part of the midwest it's retard Uh, so but yeah those are we like to say there's nothing more dangerous in the world than an orangutan because they look attract like you want to pet them and shit but they're like four times as strong as a human being yeah they'll rip your arms right off. right they'll rip your fucking arms off and we also know there's nothing more dangerous than a than a, a retard because they don't know their own strength <laughs> so if you ever run across a retarded orangutan a retar- <laughs> <laughs> retarded motorcycle okay <laughs> So a retarded orangutan is not to be fucked with. And that's the way this bike is. This Like the DSR and the SR, people nearly loop that thing all the time. So when we send them out on test rides, we always take the custom mode and we turn everything way down. Oh, wow. So we dumb the bike way, way down and we let them take it out in eco mode. So they go <laughs> eco mode. Okay, great. And so when they're done with eco mode and they understand what electricity is and how it works a motorcycle, yeah. then we put them in custom mode, which is like baby steps. We like give them a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just work their way up. But we don't let them any, get anywhere near fucking sport mode because sport mode would, would kill these people. Wow. So, but they are crazy fast. And if, if a motorcycle ever pulls alongside of you at a red light and it's not making any noise, yeah. don't race it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess not. No. Don't race right. it. That's it. Like, if you're revving your noise because you ride a Harley-Davidson and you have to, it's a law. Uh, <laughs> if you're sitting there and you're stroking it like a two-stroke uh, and the guy pulls up next to you and he is not, there's no noise coming out of his bike whatsoever, you just let him go. Yeah. His farts are louder than your bike. That's understandable. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, they are dead silent. What's their, what, no what, what's going. their, uh, I mean, what's their range? I mean, how far can you go on that thing before it just, like, okay, got to plug it in? Uh, it's like cocaine. Uh, you <laughs> have a lot of money. It is. It's range. When it comes to electric motorcycles, it's like an exotic drug. Uh, if you want range, you're going to pay for it. So the cheap, like, the bikes actually come, like, the same bike has the same motor, but it comes with three different levels of amounts of battery that it carries. Oh, okay. So, right, so at the basic level, the bike can go about 80 miles. Well, then you pony up for the 13K, and now you can go about 140 miles. 
Well, you get a, you get a, you spend another twenty eight hundred bucks on top of that, yeah. and now you can get the charge tank, and now you can go an extra forty miles on top of that. All right, here's a good question so, for you: What's yeah. the rate of discharge of the batteries when the bike is just sitting there not being used? Now I know almost, with with almost nothing. Really? Yeah, almost zero. Because I know with solar batteries, for example, yeah. that's totally rate it's it's one percent uh, a day that it loses yeah. power. One yeah. percent per day. The way these batteries work is if you want to charge them up to 100% yeah. and put them in your garage over the wintertime. Yeah. Okay. When you go back out to your garage in the springtime, yeah. they're going to be at 99 or 100%. No kidding. That's, we, that's amazing. And that's the way they work. And that's the way this particular type of battery operates. Okay. Uh, the only thing this battery doesn't do great is uh, they don't want you to deep cycle. They don't want you taking it all the way down to zero. Right. Because even zero, even the bottom of the pack isn't the bottom of the pack. They have a false bottom built in. No kidding. So that oh, when wow. you get to when you get to what the gauge says is indicated actual no percentage left. Yeah. There's actually about ten percent hiding in there, but that's just so you don't flat bottom the thing out and hurt the batteries. Yeah. That's because they're being smarter than we are, and that's what I look for in any product. I want it to be smarter than I am. The uh, if I can fuck it up, I probably shouldn't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, that's, uh, Can I call it women too? Yeah, no. you heard me say the former Mrs. Waters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 number two. <laughs> uh, that's uh, right. There are some mistakes in life you do have to make. The uh, like every man should date or marry a stripper once. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. Right. And hopefully quickly. I know poor saps like that. The, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's the way these things work. Is they do work really well. They don't want you to bottom them all the way out. And strangely enough, they don't work particularly well in like sub-zero temperatures. Like so, if it's anything under twenty-eight degrees Fahrenheit, yeah, they're not great. So they're Cleveland strange. is the perfect place to own a zero. Oh, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're going to find out with Hofford because of Hofford. You know, Hofford will insist on riding that bike in the snow <laughs> all the time. Yeah, you know he's not going to let the rules get in the way of his test. Right. So yeah, he's going to ride it in the snow. He's going to ride it every single day. Um, he's. I don't think there's been two days in the past thirty days he hasn't ridden that particular. That's bike. amazing. Wow. wow. What's, well, what's the recharge time on that? Well, that's just. It's funny you said because I heard it on your show. Yeah. They got it down to thirty minutes. It can be right, and that's exactly right. With the uh, level two charging, which is basically the thing that you see the Nissans plugged into right. outside the grocery store. Um, if you put one of those in your house and you've got a bike like Hofford has, you know, you've got the FX or the FXS, um, and you plug in that level two charger, you can have that bike charged up in less than an hour. So you could be around a half an hour. Uh, wow. You get into some of the bigger bikes with bigger batteries, it's going to take you a little while longer. But, you know, getting the batteries is expensive. So adding yeah. batteries to them, you know, you got to figure it's going to cost you a lot of money to get that range up around 200 miles. But the question is, really, do you need 200 miles? How many of you guys sitting there on your commute back and forth to work really do go over 200 miles? Mm. Oh, I definitely don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. so, it takes him almost a year to go 200 miles. <laughs> to work. So, these guys, yeah. so I think what, what Zero's saying is Zero's not, Zero's not trying to tell you that they're building a touring bike. Yeah. They're not. They're building a commuting bike. They're yeah. building a fun bike. And... On my longest day, I have a 110-mile round trip. And even though I'm 110 miles round trip, and most of it is at 90 miles an hour, uh, I can still do that every single day on the zero electric. Oh, there you go. Wow. 
So, and I'm not even paying the big money on the SR. I've got a DS, so my bike comes in at a lowly $13,000. Oh, lowly. It's still, yeah, exactly. Um, and that's the thing about the Zero stuff. Is like the Tesla, like a lot of that thing, it is expensive. To play in that group, it's expensive. Could I just run out using, you know, the income of Mrs. Waters and Mr. Waters here, go out and buy a $14,000 brand new electric motorcycle? Probably not. No. No. But because I'm a dealership and I have to have the shit around and I have to know how it works so I can tell potential buyers yeah. what it does and what it can do. Um, I get to play with a lot of fucking cool toys. Yeah. So, and this is one of them. So, yeah. so we, we don't have to. So the big three don't have to worry about anything with the electric bikes, then, huh? No, and I really do think that when you talk about, uh, you know, Harley Davidson's not going to put a lot of money into their pro- project. Mm-hmm. Um, their project is still essentially it's just slightly above vaporware right now. You know, they'll tell you with that bike that you can either go seventy miles an hour. For 30 miles mm-hmm. or 30 miles an hour for 70 miles. <laughs> right. Okay. So with numbers like that, Zero has nothing to worry yeah, about. Yeah. No. Okay. And the Bramo, which is what Victory is selling as the Impulse, they still don't have a fraction of the range that Zero does. No. And the good news is the technology that Zero is using, they're smart, they're patenting it, they're keeping it as their own. Yeah. Um, they're being very intelligent about their product to keep it in their wheelhouse mm-hmm. so that they don't have to worry about competing against their own shit. Yeah. And is, as anybody will tell you, you never want to compete against something that you designed. No. <laughs> is there, is there a battery basis. life, overall battery life? Yeah, there is. And there really is. And to give you an idea and to make sure that you feel comfortable about that battery life, they give you a five-year, 400,000-mile warranty wow. on the batteries. Wow. Yeah, on the batteries. Because they know that a lot of people say... When the first Priuses and shit came out, they said, well, those batteries are going to cost uh, you know, $5,000 if I ever have to replace the batteries. Well, we have people that are out there on 10-year-old Priuses that are still on the original battery. Yeah. But everyone thought you were going to have to replace them the way you have to replace the batteries in your Milwaukee Tools. Right. Or in your DeWalt, mm-hmm. right? Well, the point is, you don't use your DeWalt the way you're supposed to. You know, um, if your DeWalt is lithium, you're supposed to screw in 10 screws and then put that fucker back in the charging crate. <laughs> but most guys screw in 10 screws and then leave it in the bottom of their tool bag for seven months. Right? So, yes, guilty. I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. So the major, the major headache for Milwaukee and DeWalt and all these other people are the assholes that use their tools that can't be bothered to take the tool and put it back in the cradle before the light is flashing red and it's giving you like one rpm no. between trigger pulses <laughs> yeah and i know you guys you're not supposed to do that tool. no i know you guys get like you'll do like a quarter turn and you'll be like wait hold on hold on guilty as charged turn. Uh, turn it and then turn the drill yeah you gotta turn the drill, turn the drill. <laughs> <laughs> that's what kills lithium batteries there you go okay. <laughs> that's right. exactly how you do it so let's let's move on a little bit this now we have no, no my our my experience with Ohio is three things. Yep. That's where flat starts. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Uh, you don't go there in January. No. No. no, and, no. And, <laughs> and and that's where you are. <laughs> so, yeah, that's exactly um, right. I, I've I've had the, the. It's also the place where you go to buy things or get rid of things or just go through. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's true. What's uh, the uh, how's the motorcycle community in Cleveland? In that area, and is it? What's the acceptance of non-riders? Well, here's the game. 
for years and years, and I mean for the better part of 20 years that I was getting into motorcycling and that I was getting into the idea of having a dealership working on right. bikes, the American Motorcyclist Association said that Ohio was the number three state for motorcycles. Really? We were number yeah, we were number three behind California, Florida, and Ohio in that order. No kidding. Now, Texas is number three and we're number four. Okay. Wow. Now the reason for that is Whereas in New York City, or you know, in a very densely populated metropolitan area, everybody that has, you know, a motorcycle, you get a motorcycle license, you ride a motorcycle, you own one motorcycle. Yeah, it's well, like Ohio, us here. Everybody here owns six motorcycles. <laughs> okay, we got to move because, to Ohio, guys. <laughs> well, because garages are cheap. Yeah. Right, and property's cheap, and land is cheap, so people don't own a bike. So what throws our numbers off is when you say how many people in the state have a license and ride, that's one number. But how many motorcycles are in the state? That's a vastly higher number. Wow. And that's a, it really throws the numbers off. So you have to ask how many riders are in the state yeah. or how many motorcycles are in the state. And oh, it really amazing. does. It's kind of crazy. Around here, it's uncommon for anybody around us to own one motorcycle. Uh, <laughs> we won't fit rare. in. Yeah, we wouldn't fit in. Yeah, because yeah, no. we, we're in, we're in uh, North Jersey. North New Jersey. Yeah, and so, you know, we have. Central, dirt. actually. We're saturated here. Yeah, you guys are covered. I mean, yeah. there are these there are these places where you get, you know, Milwaukee saturated. You know, L.A., believe it or not, L.A. is saturated. People just, you never see them riding their bikes because they're too comfortable in their cars with the air conditioning. Yeah. The uh, And you do get into these pockets where there's tons and tons of bikes. In Cleveland, we do have a lot of bikes compared to the rest of the state of Ohio. So Cleveland has kind of everything turned up a little bit. We are not very Ohio for being Ohio. <laughs> um, if, you know, if people would say that, okay, Ohio as a whole is a very red state, Cleveland's very blue, right? And so Cleveland is more urban. Cleveland does have, you know, m- more of a little bit more of everything. It's mm-hmm. just more of a turned up city. So we do have a lot of motorcycles and we have a good number of motorcycle shops and we have a good number of big, big ass dealers and we have a lot of people riding. We do still have a disproportionate number of Harley Davidsons and F one fifties. I mean, we are still <laughs> we're still in the Midwest. Yeah, of course. If you if you guys travel a lot on the West Coast, when you get out by Liza's place and you get out in LA, it's kind of interesting to see how many more types of motorcycles are being ridden every day. Yeah. Uh, when you're here in the Midwest, when you guys are there in the East Coast, there's a hell of a lot, you know right now in Cleveland is 78% Harley Davidson. Wow. Really? Wow. That's the numbers. So that means 22% is everything else. Is that for the whole state too? I mean, no, that's Cleveland. Wow. Wow. That's Cleveland. Wow. We're 78%. Our demographics, because I'm a dealership, I watch the numbers very carefully. Uh, That means that all the other brands put together are fighting for the leftover 22% of the market. Yeah. And that's why we can literally say that we are flooded. Wow. I mean, we are as flooded as any has ever been flooded with Harley-Davidson product because that's what's selling. Yeah. That's new bike sales. They own 78% of the market. Mm-hmm. So imagine being a guy like Indian trying to set up shop here where it's going to cost you a couple of million dollars to open up your building to know that you're fighting over 22% of the market. Yeah. Or Moto Guzzi. Anybody. Yeah. Right. Uh you know, if we sell 40 Moto Guzzi's, that's a big fucking year. Okay? Oh, hell yeah. That's big. We're the, we're the number two dealer in our district. Yeah. And we're selling, you know, 40, 50 bikes. So it's not a high volume thing at all. It really no, isn't. And no. 
when I see the guys, when I see how much money is being put into uh, the the other brands, the victories, well, I, and I always call victory in Indian one brand. Mm-hmm. So right. I identify that as being one brand. Right. Uh, because I think that if you take all the offerings of victory and you take all the offerings of Indian and you put them in one showroom together, you've got an incredibly powerful showroom. Oh, hell yeah. You've got the whole range covered. So why don't and they do it? <laughs> I know. I, I don't fucking understand. It did protect them in Cleveland. In Cleveland here, we lost uh, uh, American Heritage Motorcycle Company, which is five or six dealerships between Illinois and Ohio here. Mm-hmm. So Chicago, uh, Ohio, Indiana. These guys sold Polaris Victory Indian. They sold Indian a bill of goods about their ability to sell motorcycles. And in less than two years, they're totally belly up. They closed all their stores. Locked wow. doors, chained them sent their people home, called them at, you know, three or four in the afternoon on a Wednesday yeah. and said, hey, guys, thanks for picking up the phone. Tell everyone to evacuate the building. Security guards are outside. You have two hours to get your toolboxes out. Wow. <laughs> now, that had a major impact on the people that worked there. Yeah, I bet. Because they were now unemployed. Yeah. Imagine the impact it had on all the people that bought motorcycles there in the past two years. Oh, yeah, right. Wow. Who now have nowhere to take their motorcycles for service. Now, fortunately, the victory dealer because of their little thing that they were doing at Victory and Indian, the Victory dealer was not owned by American Heritage. So the Victory dealer stayed in business. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that's good. The problem is the Indian dealers are both gone. Wow. uh, Well, I just reported early on the show uh, that third quarter, Polaris uh, has recorded uh, 20% lower sales. Well, we're still still half. the, The thing that people want to talk about, you talk about the market... The motorcycle market has been hurting and that, you know, it's gone up, it's gone up, it's gone up, it's gone up, it's gone up. Well, we are half. Our numbers are exactly 50% of where they were in 2007. Wow. So when we think about that as a, as a brand or as a culture or as the thing that we love to do, well, it's 50% of where it was in 2007. That's not my dealership. That's motorcycling as a whole in the United States of America. Oh, that's curious. So that's a big, big thing. And the people that manage dealerships and the people that sell the brands to other people and the people that sell to the public, they don't want that number to be well-known. They don't want that to be that sense of malaise or that overall sense of despair. But, yeah, we saw things take a real shitty turn in the fourth quarter of 2008. And this country did as a whole. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we went from gas being 429 a gallon, and you could get a loan by signing your name, to the gas being two and a quarter a gallon, mm-hmm. and you couldn't get credit, you couldn't get a bike loan if you had a 700 credit score. Right. Uh, so that really hurt motorcycle sales in this country. Mm-hmm. And because the gas prices have been cheap, it hasn't come back. Wow. And ask any motorcycle dealership, ask any dealer what he wants for Christmas. And what he wants for Christmas is $4 a gallon. <laughs> not me. It's true. No. I, I know. Motorcycle dealers. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. 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 Motorcycle dealers, whether we're selling 50cc scooters or selling 1600cc Harley Davidsons, there is nothing better to convince your wife why you have to buy that motorcycle than, sweetheart, that Escalade costs $150 to fill the tank. Yeah. So I can't afford to fill up the Escalade, so I'm going to drive to work on this Harley-Davidson, which gets 45 miles to the gallon, mm-hmm. and save a bunch of money. Oh, hell yeah. And so when gas prices dropped, when they went down to $2 a gallon, 
the market, the motorcycle market in America, skids and has never come back. I see. It's never come back. And so it's going to take expensive gas prices to get our market back. Yeah. Because despite the economy getting a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better every year, we've had eight years of continued growth. We're still not back to where we were. Right. Wow. And that's what sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the hard part. And that's why a lot of people are complaining that they don't have a lot of great new product. Well, they don't have a lot of great new product because the companies who build those products, mm-hmm. they don't have the kind of money that they had back in 07. Wow. See? Yeah. We're getting, we're getting so educated here. Yes, we are about oh, the business. Yeah. <laughs> Say, you uh, you looking forward to AIM coming to uh, Ohio uh, next year? So, yeah, we're going to get uh, – that's really a big deal. We always get the motorcycle show in January, which we get our you know Cycle World or Progressive or whoever sponsors it. Right. We get their motorcycle show every year, and that's fun. Right. But getting the AIM show is nice because, um, you know, we felt like it's been in Florida. Um, you know, there used to be the Indy Dealer Expo, which okay. is a lot of fun. But they took those away, and the fact that we're going to get AIM in Columbus is a really big deal. Wow. And I think that I'm really excited about it because I would hope that the brands that I carry, um, I would hope that Vespa yeah. and I hope that Moto Guzzi and Zero are going to put a lot of energy into that mm-hmm. because these AIM shows bring a ton of people in. Oh, yeah. And what about now? Your uh, IMS is going to be in uh, Cleveland in January. Are you going to be there? IMS, yeah, we, we've been there for, this is our 16th year. Oh, good. Excellent. Yes. So we put on a good show for IMS. Right. We'll always enter a couple of bikes in the bike build-off. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff going on for ims for us you know that's the end of january so yeah. there ain't a fuck there ain't a fuck lot else going on right so <laughs> we're gonna you know are you gonna keep it, riding through the winter no uh well i usually do is i have a rule that says no snow i go right so exactly it's got to be snow on the road so if now, there's snow on the road you had going. you had given some advice uh yeah. on 137 uh suggesting that well, a way to ride in the winter is to basically take a pair of, of uh, sweatpants and cut the legs off and stick them around your neck for like a neck gaiter. Right? Yes, exactly. You, you know, done, you, yeah. you do realize that is very close to being redneck bag lady. It right? is. Um, if you haven't done it yet, though, you should try it. And, I can see why uh, it would work. Yeah. It, it, it works great. And I, I wore one tonight on the way home. And, uh, tonight okay. on the way home, I was only wearing a three-quarter helmet. So I'm wearing this like helicopter pilot helmet thing. But your face is wide open. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's the leg of a pair of sweatpants. And uh, if you're at the thrift store and you're shopping for these things, the trick is to get the ones that have the finished bottom. Yeah, or the so elastic got, around the bottom, right? Well, the elastic, no, not the elastic. elastic oh, no. It's going to fuck you up. Yeah, you don't want the elastic. <laughs> you just want that nice, like, half-inch hem at the bottom. Yeah. And then cut half of it. Okay. Cut half of that hem, and that becomes like the handle that goes over your head. <laughs> so uh, that keeps, well, trust me, that keeps the thing from pulling down when you pull your helmet out. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so that holds it in the up position. You can spend as much as $25 for these in the retail stores. Yeah, right. Yeah. Or you can build it yourself. Um, <laughs> but I've been, I've been building this. Now, you got to start marketing those in your place and, and sell them. If the women don't find you handsome, they should at least find you handy. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, well, you know... Uh, we've had, we've had I, I would love to talk to you even more. We've had you on no. forever. I know we've taken a lot of your time. That's fine. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you guys want to ask him anything? Because I, I know you, Liza tells me you have some great stories and you've been entertaining us really well. Should have him back. Oh, you, you guys, this is the, this is the biggest thing is with motorcycles. The reason I do motorcycles is to get to the people. Yeah. Right. So the bikes are the bikes and that's why I don't care. I'm not a person that really gives a shit 
what kind of motorcycle you ride. Mm-hmm. Um, That's I've the way we are. We don't give a crap yeah. either. Yeah, I've always found that people that are into motorcycles are generally very interesting people. Yeah. So the the whole concept is, you know, we have rules to keep us safe and keep us alive. Mm-hmm. When you go down the street in your car, you have an airbag and a seatbelt and door beams and all kinds of, like, super cool safety shit that keeps you from dying if you make a small mistake. Right. Well, for some strange reason, the government still lets us ride motorcycles, <laughs> which are inherently stupid. Like, in its natural state, a motorcycle would be laying over on the ground on its side. Like, you walk away from it for one second, it's on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> it, it wants to be on the ground. Its natural state is, is to be on the ground. And yet we're allowed to drive this fucking thing out there with the cars and, you know, what people call cages and shit. Yeah. So people that are willing to make that decision that I want to not drive a car, which, you know, there are sexy cars, there are cool cars, there are cars that do cool things. Yeah. But I want to leave all that behind. I want to take a hastily assembled, poorly constructed version of that that has one wheel in the front, one wheel in the back, is begging to fall over at any moment, and then go ride around, even though statistically, every every study in the world says, you're probably going to get hurt. <laughs> you're probably... <laughs> Like if you do this for five years, mm-hmm. you're probably going to get hurt. So you're. That. So it's the question. So yeah, Chris has a firsthand experience with that. Yeah, yeah. right. So people that make the decision to do that are very interesting people. Right. Questionable intelligence. I understand. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, like, if you think like just it's just one of those games. You're just like, if you do anything, like if you get in an airplane. If you go and take a you know a tourist trip over the Grand Canyon in a helicopter, you know ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the people that do that come home. Right. Right. Your odds of making it home on your motorcycle are far less than that. <laughs> you know that it seems how I got a fifty five mile ride home after this podcast. <laughs> You're not making me feel real good right now. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, yeah, there's there's like a million opportunities to get yourself fucked up. Every time you ride your bike. Well, there's, you know, the Reapers around every corner with us motorcycle riders. This is the game. It's, you know? It's never been more challenging than it is right now. Yeah. With all the improvements in technology and all the way that the world has gotten better and smoother and faster and safer yeah. for us, for you and me and everybody else on motorcycles, it's gotten way more dangerous. I guess because, because you know why people are taking it for granted. Fuck yeah. Everybody out there that's in a car is in a safety bubble. Yeah. Right? They're, they don't have to worry about shit. They're in a car. You could push them off a cliff at 30 miles an hour. They're going to walk away from it. And it's that sort of like that ultimate complacency so that they're so safe that they're texting and talking and computing and Facebooking while they're driving. Yeah. And uh, when I do that on my motorcycle, that's a sign of extreme skill. But when I do that in my car, that's irresponsibility. You know, that's lack of attention. Better not see you around. do that while you ride. Uh, have you seen any of my pictures on Facebook? There's a lot of them that take place on the motorcycle. Oh, no. Um, I'm famous for going down the road like this. And, oh, yeah, I got that? Yeah, sure, we, yeah. got, we got that. Yep, there's another cat right there. Yeah. The, uh, so, but, but that's like, that's it. It's never been more dangerous for motorcycle riders. Yeah, and huh? so populated that, areas too, or well, population. You, you could feel the populations rising in cities and towns because yeah, oh, it's just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, That's like the riding a gauntlet hurry. over here every day. Well, and everybody's in a bigger hurry. Yeah. Oh hell yes. So everybody's on a tighter time constraint. 
So, you know, the guy that used to leave himself 10 minutes, extra, 10 minutes extra to get to work in the morning, he doesn't leave that 10 minutes anymore. He's got his, he's got his commute figured out down to the fucking minute. Yeah. So if the, if the school bus in front of him or the trash, you know, truck in front of him takes a little too long, he's going to make that time back up again. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. That means he's going to cut the next intersection a little later yeah. when we're there. And so we do, we do as riders, we have to be better at reacting to that shit. Absolutely. And we all, yeah. And we also just like pray, like we're all like knocking on wood every day so that, that today's not my day. Yeah. You it's know? like, you know, so, yeah, I have to ask, why is ABS even a freaking option on motorcycles? Why isn't it standard? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good question, but. The second you get into that, and this is a thing that I believe in, is if you make the ABS standard, then the ABS becomes mandatory. Yeah. And if the ABS becomes mandatory, then the gas tank airbags become mandatory. And if the gas tank airbags become mandatory, then the active restraint systems become mandatory. Uh, I and see. then the and then the door bolsters become mandatory, and then the bumpers become mandatory, and then the roofs become mandatory. And, and then, then you're we'll driving a car. Then you're driving a fucking car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, I I do agree that there is something pure about motorcycles. Uh, now, on a big motorcycle, absolutely. I, on a big motorcycle, I love ABS because big big heavy motorcycles that are nearing the thousand pound mark, absolutely, man. Oh yeah. Fuck yeah. If I'm gonna grab the brakes on any kind of weird surface, or a kid runs out in front of me. Or an animal runs out in front of me. Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd like the confidence of just being able to crush the brakes and let the bike do its thing. Yeah, grab right. a handful and not worry about it, and just go for it. When you're on a smaller motorcycle, a motorcycle that weighs 400 pounds, 450, something like that, um, there are times when I actually do want the front wheel and the back wheel to be traveling at different speeds. Um, those are techniques that I use when turning a motorcycle around in a hurry. Yeah. And I don't want ABS getting in the way of my ability to do that magic trick that motorcycles can do that cars can't do. <laughs> so, yeah. and uh, you guys have probably heard me talk about, like, uh, traction control on some motorcycles, really good idea. Yeah. Traction control on other motorcycles embarrasses the fuck out of me when I'm trying to do a wheelie. <laughs> and the, uh, yeah, yeah you, you just can't yourself, do it. Yeah, when you get yourself all ready to do a wheelie and you're all you're all loaded, man, you're like, okay, man, let's go, let, let's drop this clutch and make some shit happen. And you get your body all ready, you drop your clutch and nothing happens, or it makes you go slower. Yeah. Well, your body weight's all forward. You go over the goddamn headlight. You know. And, try it. It happens. No, it's well, really embarrassing. Well, on my soft tail, it probably wouldn't happen. No, not so much. <laughs> no. But, yeah. Yeah. But I think that in your garage, though, you should have your soft tail, and you should also have, like, a 375-pound, 750cc, torquey little fun bike. Well, so, you know, I do have I would an, love to. Yeah, you know, I, I, for me, I, I, I'm, 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 I don't say I'm a, I am yeah, I am. I'm a rabid Harley yeah. guy. I just, I can't yeah, help sure. it. That's what I am. For me, my fun bike is the, is the new Roadster, the Harley yeah. Roadster. That's yeah, my fun bike. That's what I want. Yeah, but you should get, like, you should lay your hands on, like, something so weird, like an XT225, uh, like a little sport enduro that, that is so radically different than your Harley. Yeah. So that you could get this diverse experience, because, um, are you a married fellow? Yes, I am. Okay. <laughs> if, if you get, if, if you get a, a little XT225, yeah. you won't even look at other women anymore. Because you'll have this bizarre sense of diversity in your motorcycle life <laughs> that will occupy all your time in your. Well, life. I actually have this twisted uh, oh, desire to get now. a V-Strom. 
yeah. See, oh, that, that's why I, I want to get one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're fun. They're silly. Uh, but I think, like, to me, the play bike, the, we, for some reason in America, we lost sight of the 1974 play bike mm-hmm. that was just like, we all got into bigger, 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 but we forgot about the dopey little silly thing that we had that was just that was just goofy. Like the Grom. And, like the Grom, right. The only thing that's wrong with the Grom is that in... 40 years of technology, they've only succeeded in making that bike boring. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they got the new monkey coming out. Well, yeah, but what this bike needs to be is it has to be able to do wheelies on a slightly unpredictable manner, which is good. (laughs) Kind of like the Um, Buell. Well, but I'm saying let's keep (laughs) it real time. Uh, Yeah, if you guys ever get a chance to get, like, uh, anybody ever offers you the keys to an XT225 or some other small Yamaha four-stroke dirt bike, All right. take them. Just take them. Just take them, or if they offer you the keys to, like, one of those bizarre Trailway 200s that they use in the Motorcycle Safety Foundation course, okay. take it. These things weigh about 212 pounds, which means, like, I'm the heaviest component on the motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. And they're so happy to change direction. Oh, okay. They're so happy to do wheelies. They're so happy to stop. And for every, like... 10 hours you ride your Harley Davidson, you should ride one of those for about an hour. Okay. And what you're going to get is you're going to get this like really weird, diverse riding experience. Yeah. And we do get, we do get that at the shop. There's, there's a lot of fun to be had getting off of a 900 pound machine and getting onto a 240 pound cat yeah. racer. And wow. That's, fun. that's, that's, that's good for everybody. So Phil, tell me what is up for Cleveland moto and your shop coming up in the future. What's going on? Anything uh, special? We're going to have our big staying in business sale, <laughs> which we call winter. Okay. It's, any, it's, anything at, it's anything in my entire shop or shops at any price you're willing to pay. <laughs> uh, yeah. We don't advertise the sale. You just show up and you go, eh, uh, uh, I'll, I'll give you 300 bucks for that. And I'll go, yeah, it seems fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's truly, it's winter, man. It's winter. We, yeah. You know, you fucking die a little bit inside. <laughs> you know, you throw wrenches at the other guys in the shop. You you try to do restorations. Yeah. You try to do motor rebuilds. You do anything you can to pay the bills. Right. Uh, you know, not I'm not opposed to driving an Uber around. Uh, <laughs> <I'm> sure, <laughs> Why uh, not? Right. A 47 year old man should not know that his plasma is worth more than his blood. <laughs> uh, right. I know that. You know, because I own my own business. Well, of course. Uh, right. So, <laughs> You find these things out in Cleveland in the wintertime when you yeah. decided to run a motorcycle shop. Because we don't have a snowmobile industry. It's not like we can say, oh, yeah. we're selling the motorcycles, roll out the snowmobiles. Because we're urban. There's no snowmobiles around here. <laughs> Why not? Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah. Why not? Because, <laughs> Why not boats then? <laughs> Why not sell oh, boats? Yeah, you're clo- <laughs> yeah, you're close to the, to the lake. Sell yeah, boats. Right. We'll just go straight, 50 miles, straight across to Canada. <laughs> there you go. You're done. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. How can uh, so? How can people check you guys out? Oh, where, where, where can we find you guys? The website, so contact. It's really easy. Uh, the word is Cleveland Moto. It's all one word. Right. So if you go to Facebook, Cleveland Moto. If you go to Gmail, Cleveland Moto. If you have the website, Cleveland Moto. Um, <laughs> I see a trend here. Yeah, you notice a trend. It's anything Cleveland Moto. Okay. Or Cleveland Moto anything. If you're on iTunes and you want to hear our podcast. I don't know why you'd want to hear a podcast, but if you want <laughs> because to it's podcast, funny as fuck, man. I, I will tell you that we have some very, very, very high quality standards for the podcast. <laughs> I don't like, I do not like side conversations. 
And I don't like it when, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and I don't like it when Dustin does the big bong rips on his douche food. Uh, no, that stop. Vape, really? That e-vape, e-cig thing he does. Um, I don't like that. But the rest of it is designed to be, it's designed to be about motorcycles, right. but also be about having a good time and being silly. Well, listen, the, uh, all, so all the time. iTunes is Cleveland Moto. Yeah. So rock on, guys, man. Thank you so much. Well, for you know what it is? Every time I tell everybody, so cool. we're not we're not real brainiacs when it comes. We know we like what we like. We do what we do. And yeah. we just say, look, if you want to know about wrenching and you want to know a lot about bikes, you listen to Cleveland Moto or you listen to uh, Motorcycles and Misfits. I mean, you we got have four, our we have our podcast is four seasoned, experienced, trained mechanics. Yeah, that's why so I send everybody to you guys. Yeah, that's about a hundred. That's almost a hundred years of motorcycle experience on our podcast. Nice. And we decide to restrict your access to that by drinking heavily. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Well, thanks so a lot, a, Phil. Listen, hey, Phil, guys, can we have you back? Can we have you back on the show? I'd love to be back on the show. Great. Come out and visit you if I could find my way to the, the wilds of uh, New Jersey, right? New Jersey and go out and visit your skunk ape. And I've been through your neck of the woods before. So, the uh, yeah, it's it's beautiful. I mean, New Jersey's gorgeous. When you There's a lot of beautiful it, parts of Jersey oh that people God, don't know about. You get a, like, literally, it takes you 40 minutes to get away from the shit. The, the shit, you know. But once you're away from the shit, it's beautiful. It's yeah, absolutely it's gorgeous. Yeah. It's, it's as beautiful as anything on the East Coast. And I can find any dirt road in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, and he does. And, and he, he does. does. Well, and that's the nice thing, too, is you don't have to drive three hours to get to it. Right. You're right. right. You're absolutely right. So, so they, did con- they did park them conveniently close to where you are. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, and, that's, and you guys do stay a little warmer because you're right there on the Atlantic and you get some, you know, you get some warm air coming through there. And we get some good snow. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's a good spot. The, uh, I still don't understand why, with motorcycles being a part of our DNA and what we do, how the fuck have we not gotten out there because... It's wasted on the misfits. They don't understand. Um, I've seen them complain about weather that you and I would go, shirts off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Yes. They, uh, that's it. The, uh, and, and they have the greatest roads in the world. I know. On yeah. the way to their shop. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, yeah, why I'm not there yet, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm just really bad at moving. Really well, bad you know, you, you get settled, you got your like, roots. They don't going. like cruisers, though. So, you know, they don't. They no. Don't like they make fun of cruisers all day. Oh, I know. <laughs> you know, and, and the whole time, this past month, I've been riding this fucking, uh, I've been riding this road glide, and at least three times a day, it goes through my head, well, could I take this thing around the turns by Alice's Restaurant? Could I ride this bike in Santa Cruz? Could I do it? Could this bike handle? Because it really doesn't corner very good. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't. And the parts that make noise when you're leaning over... You don't um, want to make noise. <laughs> right. That's just a warning system. That's all that is. That is like, that is like you're going to crash in three, two, one. The, uh, uh, it's real heavy, and the parts that are making noise shouldn't have that much weight on them. Right. So I have learned that in the course of riding it for a month, the first two or three times I rode it, barely made any noise. Very not scratchy. And then after that, I just, every fucking on-ramp, I just scratched the whole way around. <laughs> and I scratched the whole way off the on-ramp. And there's very little left of the exhaust hangers on the back. The, uh, it's, you know, it's just, ah. And that's why you say, that, like, yeah, the West, the West Coast, those people out there, they don't appreciate cruisers. 
Um, I think I kind of understand why. Okay. Because the roads there are so twisty. Oh, sure. You yeah, but it will probably keep you at a nice sane pace where you could enjoy the scenery. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I always say uh, across cruiser guys, uh, we're, we're not interested in in how fast we get there. We're more interested in the getting there. Or the dinner when you get there. There, there, there is that. Yeah, that's <laughs> true right. too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Our local group is ride to eat, eat to ride. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We do that. It's about the food. That's that's our Harley Grant. Yeah, our Harley Grant. So, Harley, man, thank you so much for having me. Hey, on. Phil, Bye thank you very much for being on the show. Thank, thank you. you, Phil. Take care, Phil. Absolutely loved it. We'll, we'll see you guys around. I will be in touch. Take right. care, buddy. Bye bye. Well, there you have it. That was Phil Waters from Cleveland Moto. Great. I'm telling you, guy. cool guy. Cool guy. We're gonna have to have him back on again. Yes. He knows and we are. We ha- yeah, he does. He really does know your shit. All those guys know their crap. And I tell you what, you know, we had so much more we were going to cover, but you know what we're going to do? We're going to pull the plug. I think we had enough. You know, we've had enough for one night, and um, but uh, we'll be back again. Uh, we, have, we have other things going on. You know, IMS show coming up December 9th, 10th, and 11th. Jacob Javits, we're going to be there. Uh, next week, episode 60, we got Mike from the Chopper Profits out there in the West Coast, and we're going to talk about choppers. Nice. Cool. All right, so be ready for that. And, uh, hey, check out the other podcasts. Of course, like I said, Cleveland Moto, check out those. We've got Motorcycles and Misfits. Got our Loud Pipes friends, Throttled friends. And, you know, of course, the Wheel Nerds. Check out all these guys. There's more out there to listen to. And, by the way, uh, Patreon, right. send us your money. <laughs> <laughs> Just do that. What was it called? Um, I'm begging you. I'm begging you.com. That's the site that Chris came up with a few weeks back. <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm begging you.com. We're going to do that. Let's set that up. <laughs> begging you.com, send me your money. Yeah, all of that. And um, by the time you listen to this, we'll have a new president, I think. Right? Yes, we so. will. And uh, so check out Hillside Leather, Fox Creek Leather, Sims Designs, and Surefire Designs. These are the people who uh, put up with us. Nice. All right. All right. So we're going to uh, we're gonna pull the plug on this, and I want to say uh, thanks for listening. Yes, thank uh, you for living everyone Tim, listening. What do you have to say for me? Right, like nobody sees you. And of course we have to go over to Chris. Just keep going. let's close this out for our for our, our good friend Liza out there uh, at the one second. Let's give her all the sound effects we possibly can as we close this out. And of course <laughs> I'm here I with... even annoyed myself just now. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm here with Tim, Buck 2, and uh, Chris Thank the Joker. You, Thanks for uh, listening. Uh, take it easy. And, uh, hey, take care of your uh, veterans on Friday for Veterans Day. All right? Yes. Sure, yes. Shake somebody's hand. All right? Peace out, people. Ride safe and pay attention out there. Awesome. Please consider subscribing to the podcast via Patreon. There's a link to our Patreon page on our homepage of the website. With your support, we can improve the podcast and add more content that only you, our subscribers, will have access to. That includes more audio, video, and live streaming of the show. For more information about the Motorcycle Men, visit our website at MotorcycleMen.us. There, you can join our mailing list or leave a comment and maybe give us some feedback. You know we always welcome your thoughts. If you'd like to email the Motorcycle Men directly, email to motomenpc at gmail.com. Please visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash motorcyclemenpodcast. Our Twitter page is twitter.com slash motorcyclemen. 
You can also now hear all of our episodes on YouTube. Just search for Motorcycle Men Podcast. And if you'd like to talk to us and tell us about your ride or just give us some comments, you can do that via Skype. Our Skype name is Moto Men PC. And if you find yourself doing nothing on a Tuesday night between 7.30 and 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, check in with us and we'll make you part of the show. And if you're a good guest, we might just send you some stuff. 